is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Game day, another preseason game tonight at Canada Life Centre. Jets in the Calgary Flames, and we will be all over it today. Scott Billick's jumping on the program. We'll hear from head coach Rick Bonus, and we'll hear Bones' comments from today. We'll also spend a little time dissecting what the Jets bench boss had to say to Bob McCown on his off day yesterday. Some pretty interesting audio that we'll kick around today on Winnipeg Sports Talk as well. And then later on in the uh, second half of the program, my pal Jeff Feinberg's going to jump on. Always popular in the chat is Feinberg. We'll talk a little NFL, but really looking forward to uh, getting ready for my favorite golf event of the year, as is his, the Ryder Cup, which begins in Italy on Friday. Some wild line movement with uh, Team USA and Team Europe over the last little while. So we can all look forward to a visit from Jeff Feinberg later on in the program, but we're going to be all over the Jets and Flames tonight. Rick Bonus as well as Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Shout out to everybody joining us in chat. I'm uh, seeing all the comments, and uh, I did see Blue Cat Animations accusing me of potentially sleeping in. No, of course not. Just finished up the lock shop, as a matter of fact, with Dustin Nielsen. For all of you WSTers that um, have enjoyed the lock shop before, we're live every day at noon over on the Edmonton Sports Talk channel leading into WST. So, uh can find me there so no i definitely definitely wasn't making it a morning in the wrapper um looking forward to this one today we'll bring in michael right away do want to thank our sponsors that make the show happen each and every day cool bet canada who also presents the lock shop at noon our friends at princess auto little brown jug breezy bend golf and country club speaking of golf great time for some fall golf with this gorgeous weather that i think might end after today um, Consolidated Supply, BP and Royal Sports, F Apparel, Nick and Nikki DQ, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Modern Man Barbershop, and Aquatech. And we've got lots of different things to kick around for the why not question of the day for Not Auto Corp over at Waverly and McGillivray. What is going on, Michael Remus? How you doing? I'm just counting down. I'm ready for uh, tonight's game. I'm getting into the routine house. Game Sunday, game Monday, game Wednesday, game Friday. Uh, getting back into it. And we've got football tomorrow. It's like every day, uh, some big game. We've got Bombers Friday as well. Going to have to manage uh, both games at a time. So uh, this is great. Pumped to be here. Pumped to talk about some uh, Jets hockey. And yeah, weather's been great, but I did. I closed up the patio. I brought in the patio furniture. It's been getting oh. rained on for too long, and I was like, "Okay, it dried yesterday. Now we're good." Well, it might get rained on coming up this weekend. I mean, again, it's twenty right now. It's expecting to go up to twenty-three today. Absolutely beautiful, and it's going to stay warm. Thursday, tomorrow, I guess a little bit rainier. WWT, Winnipeg Weather Talk here for a moment. Uh, 22 degrees Celsius tomorrow. And then for the Bomber-Argos game on Friday, it was originally looked like it was going to rain. What Environment Canada is telling us right now is that's actually going to be gone. And a high of 21 degrees. It should be a real nice night for a football game. And then this weekend coming up, you might might need to reconsider this patio furniture decision, Remus. 
because it's going to be 23 on Saturday. And right now it's telling me that Sunday, the 1st of October, is going to be 28 degrees, a mix of sun and clouds. So fingers crossed that that actually comes to fruition. We will take it. But it is looking like it's going to be pretty nice for that Bomber game coming up on Friday night, even if the Argos aren't bringing the A-team, including Chad Kelly, to the event. Um, and you just mentioned about, you know, Wednesday. I mean, we got a preseason game tonight. Tomorrow we're into football. Bomber game on Friday. Uh, more at preseason action on the weekend. Big weekend of football with the NFL on Sunday. I've found that Tuesdays now are sort of like my, my down day. Try not to go out. Try not to do anything. I did a little sales run last night, but got to bed nice and early. Um, because the other six days of the week, it just seems that there's something going on, especially now with the Jets back in action. And we'll be back at the rink tonight, taking in this Jets game in the Calgary Flames. So Tuesday is for R&R and waiver wire ads in fantasy oh. football. <laughs> I, yeah, I've actually, I was uh, studying the waiver wire hard uh, for the media league. I picked up Tank, I threw down on Tank Dell after Mike Williams got hurt, so. Uh, looking for, also snagged Josh Palmer for cheap, so I'm all set now. Nice, nice. Did anyone pick up this, uh, a Shane? Yeah, someone bid like 54 on him. 50, okay. I bid like 30, so I uh, obviously didn't get him. Um, anyways, let's get to um, tonight's game. Uh, we've got some really interesting stuff from Rick Bonus from the Bob McCown podcast. We'll play a little bit later on before Scott comes on. Um, and it's the Jets and the Calgary Flames tonight. Um, but, you know, just before we talk about this game, um, just some really heartbreaking news coming out of Calgary. Um, I think most hockey fans have been aware of Calgary Flames assistant general manager Chris Snow's battle with ALS, um, which I believe he was given not a long time to live a couple years ago and has managed to persevere, fight, got a beautiful young family, um, you know, and was there, you know, throughout the summer, um, you know, working with now Craig Conroy, um, you know, on this, you know, moving things forward with the Calgary Flames. Um, but his wife tweeted out uh, an hour ago, with a shattered heart, I've come to share that yesterday Chris became unresponsive and went into cardiac arrest. Paramedics and doctors were able to get his heart beating again, but devastatingly, a scan showed that Chris has suffered a catastrophic brain injury caused by lack of oxygen. His doctors do not expect him to wake up from this. My chest feels cracked open and hollowed out. Chris is the most beautiful, brilliant person I'll ever know. And doing life without him feels untenable. Hug your people. Um, you know, Kelsey throughout this had been, I think, taking Flames fans and hockey fans and friends and family and just supporters of them through the challenges that that Chris Snow had been dealing with battling ALS for these years. And, um, you know, you knew that, you know, with the devastating disease like that, unfortunately, this sort of news was, I mean, I hate to say it, but probably inevitable at some point. Um, it, uh, it, I mean, I just found this out in the last half hour. And, um, you know, and I think, you know, it's part of the, the power of social media to you get to know these people a little bit through seeing their struggles and the battle going on. Um, but I know that everyone on this side of the game tonight, Winnipeg Jets fans, the organization, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll do something before the game um, recognizing it. Or, or maybe not, because I guess 
He's technically still with us. But um, anyways, just some real sad news relating to the visitors tonight, Remus, coming into uh, this exhibition game. Yeah, um, diagnosed with ALS December 2019. You've followed their journey on social media. I also follow who Steve Gleason, former member of the New Orleans Saints, uh, who also has ALS, who's raised a ton of money and done a ton of research. And, I, yeah, he wasn't given very long to live. And he was, I think he threw the first pitch at a baseball game. Like, it was, it was just promoted um, to, from, what, uh, to assistant GM uh, when Craig Conroy was hired. So uh, I was very saddened uh, to see that. And, you know, they, I agree. You, really, you felt like you knew them because they put out so much of their uh, difficult journey out there on social media. And he was doing so well compared to, you know, timeline on the initial uh, diagnosis so that was I mean, that was a heartbreaking story to to read of that was she tweeted that out 1206 so just over an hour ago yeah well and you can uh, rest assured that um the visitors um tonight um you know we'll get a chance to see you know the new head coach a bunch of you know a few regulars and we'll get into this in a minute but um the entire calgary community i'm sure but particularly the flames organization um, very heavy hearts with the news about Chris Snow today. Um, I guess we, we move on to the game tonight, which, um, I mean, preseason games are trivial to begin with, but when you start off talking about something as serious as that, uh, the games do mean uh, a, a little less, but um, another chance for us to see this Winnipeg Jets team tonight. Um, and the way things look right now, obviously, Shifley, Villardi, and Connor played on Monday they won't be in the lineup tonight. Um, but for those that were here um, on Monday night that didn't see Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, and Alex Iafalo will get a chance to see that line for the first time. And, of course, Perfetti, Niederreiter, and Vlad Nemetsnikov, who is taking Nikolai Ehlers' spot. Rasmus Kapari gets another start tonight. He'll be alongside Jansen Harkins and Ford. And the fourth line tonight is going to be VL. Toninato and Jeff Malott. Now, what's interesting from a Jet side of things, Remus, is that what was expected to be the defense core was Brendan Dillon and Billy Hanela, Declan Chisholm and Kyle Capobianco, Stanley and Nizayev, and Kuzman and Bauer. Apparently, Kyle Capobianco is dealing with a groin issue and will not play. Bauer's going to be in his spot, I guess. I, I guess we'll see whether it's Bauer and Chisholm um, or potentially one of the other players moving up. Uh, I, I will say this. My first impression before hearing the news of Kyle Capabianco with Chisholm playing with Capo and Stanley on a third pairing with Nizev um, was that that is not good news for Logan Stanley. Um, I, I mean, hey, the good news is he's in the game and he gets a chance to play. But, it, 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 and again, maybe this is taking more out of it than is intended, but I guess that's what we do here. We can only speculate. Um, we knew Logan Stanley was in a major fight in the depth chart. And um, I got to tell you, I think he's got a lot to prove over these next couple games because um, he's been in the organization for a long time. He only had the 19 games last year. He got passed by Dylan Sandberg. He doesn't project to be in that top six. And whether there's a potential trade or, uh, I mean, maybe even a waiver, uh, you know, being put on waivers, 
which I think he would get picked up almost assuredly with another organization giving him a chance. Um, it didn't look good for Big Stan where he sat on the depth chart. Now, maybe that changes Capobianco out, but either way, I think he's got a lot to prove right now, and I don't think he's got a lot of time to do it. It's kind of funny. We can speculate so much what's going to happen, who's going on waivers. Well, if someone is hurt to start the season, you can kind of push the decision down the road. And Cavill Bianco, and he's been called upon. He's been he's been good. Um, you know, you saw the shot last game. I mean, I don't know if that was really NHL, you know, an NHL opposition, but hey, he was in. Uh, he scored. And, you know, he's looked good. You move, his ability to move the puck, and Stanley's had a bit of a rough go, and you see him there on the third line while, you know, Vili Hainala gets the number one spot with Brandon Dillon, and who Declan Chisholm's on number two. Um, certainly interesting. Now, uh, he was with Kyle Capobianco, Chisholm, and Capo's out. So I put Bauer in as a question mark. We don't know if they're going to shuffle the lines or not, but in the line rushes, it was Chisholm and, and Capo. So, uh, I, sir- I, hope it, I hope it's Chisholm and Bauer. Like I, and I know T. Conopoli will second that in the chat, and that's for sure. Um, like Bauer's going to be on the moose. I think we pretty much all understand that. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, you know, against some pseudo NHL competition. Um, he looked good in camp playing with Big Brandon Dillon. I mean, that was a serious Twin Towers mm-hmm. uh, little operation. And you know what? Also, be interesting is if the Jets get a get power play time tonight. Who is out there on the power play? Because there's no Pionk, there's no Josh Morrissey tonight. So I think it will be a glorious opportunity for Billy Hanela to show what he can do on the point, as well as Declan Chisholm. And uh, I'd imagine both of those players will be um, central figures on a jet power play unit that won't have most of the PP1 guys from uh, normal game situations. Yeah, I would imagine Billy Hanela is going to be your PP1 if you're doing... <laughs> You're doing any preseason NHL DraftKings lineups, Huss, and I haven't even looked at the preseason. Do they have the, do they have the preseason? Is that really so. happening? I looked at it, actually. And I thought also... it was bad enough that I bet on the Jets on Monday night after seeing the Oilers well, lineup. Um, you I said Jets in regulation. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't looked. We can show the the Flames lineup in a second. One other thing, uh, Vlad Domestikov, he's up there with Perfetti and Nino Niederreiter. That spot reserved for Nikolai Ehlers, who continues to be out. Uh, with neck spasms, I've never had uh, neck spasms, so I don't know if lasting for like uh, a week here. So uh, you hope well, you, know you know what? We, yeah, we've got an update right from uh, from Bones. I do have on, the update on all of that. Um, well, let's just go with today. This is we're going to hear more interesting stuff from Rick Bonus with Bob McCown on that podcast and John Shannon in, in a minute um, before we bring in Scott. But just this is from this morning. Rick Bonus going down the laundry list of questions from the local media, starting off the situation with Kyle Capobianco out and uh, Terrell Bauer getting another opportunity to play in the preseason. Uh, he's got a little bit of a sore groin. So we're, uh, he was supposed to play, and we're going to keep him out tonight. We liked his last game, and you, you play with a sore sore groin, and he, he wants to play, but all of a sudden you're five, eight minutes into the game, and you get hit the wrong way, that you're done. Now we're down to 5D, and then he's going to miss the next little bit. So uh, on a precautionary note, we'll, we'll pull him for tonight. Bauer will go in at this point. Yeah, now we could, you know, I'm going to talk to Arnie. Uh, they're out in the other group ice office. But at this point, I've told Ty to come ready to play. 
All right, so there's Rick Bonus on Cal Capabianco. And you mentioned if he is injured at the start of the year, that might change things. Uh, the one thing is we had in some ways penciled Capabianco potentially to be a guy that would be exposed to waivers because in all likelihood they'd want to make sure that Logan Stanley doesn't get picked up and Declan Chisholm as well, even keeping eight defensemen. So as Mary Jane just mentioned in chat, I think the, the defense, Chisholm, Billy Hanela, Logan Stanley, um, that's going to be a huge focus tonight, certainly of the coaching staff and management, and I'd imagine of being of the fans as well. Let's get a little bit of an update. That was the one injury we had, uh, you know, that's taken place in the last little bit. We're still waiting to see Nikolai Ehlers, who was in and then was out with neck spasms right at the start of camp. Here's what the coach had to say about the latest on Nick. Well, he's still not skating with the group. He skated with the injured guys today, and uh we were hoping he would play tonight. We were hoping he would play in Ottawa, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen. That's disappointing for him and for us. Is there any concern? No, it's just uh, it's taken probably a little longer to heal than we thought. And understanding is it wasn't even hockey related or even work related? It was in the gym after, yeah. How frustrating is that for you and him? Yeah, both very high, very high frustration level. <laughs> Very high frustration levels, and uh, I mean, and that's from Rick Bonus. I can't imagine, Reem, how depressing this must be for Nikolai Ehlers. Now, it is important to remember this is the preseason, but you know, and if it was some other player that hadn't missed the amount of time that Nick had in recent years, we wouldn't even be talking about it. And except for when's the guy going to be back? But I mean, I've already seen some of the the comments in in chat. Um, Nikolai Ehlers is too important to this team to be out as much as he has been. And um, I will say this, maybe a bit of an ominous start to the season uh, to training camp for Nick, but the sooner he can get back in, the better. And uh, if anything, we learned from Rick Bonus that it is an issue for both the coaching staff and certainly the player not having 27 available. Yeah, refs, uh, you know, rough year last year playing 45 of the 82 games, but you look early in his career, you know, 15, 16, as a 19, really played 72 games, 82, 16, 17, 82, 17, 18. And I think he played every game in 19, 20. It's just uh, the past couple, he's had some rough injuries. And I know some of those seasons in there, they didn't weren't full 82. Like, I don't remember the, the games, but, I mean, didn't play. He's injured, what, twice, uh, you know, last year. And, look, you had a disappointing season. You want to come back, ready for camp, and, I mean, to be injured 17 minutes in to training camp. Well, and it really sucks for Perfetti, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're trying to get this line set up with two, you know, new wingers and a young man that playing center for the first time, um, you, know, you want to get some reps in in the preseason. So there's still plenty of games left. Um, you know, the action rolls through next week, but the sooner the better. Good thing is he's on the ice skating with the injured players and, Hopefully, maybe we'll see him as soon as this weekend. Uh, we uh, saw Colby Barlow back on the ice for the first time since he got steamrolled by some sort of an illness. Here's what Bones had to say about the Jets' first rounder from the Nashville draft earlier this year. Uh, he skated today uh, with the with the injury group, so we'll we'll see. Yeah, like he's been that sick for a week. You go on the ice today; he's not going to be. A- you're not going to step on the ice and feel good, so we'll get a report from him on a little late, a little later today. How tough is it for him? I mean, he wanted to make an impact and show you what he can do. And yeah. Now he won't be able to play probably before the first four games of the early 
Yeah, no, that's disappointing for him as well. I was anxious. I hear so many great things about the kid. I was very anxious to see him play. And stuff you can't you can't control it takes care of that. Says he's getting better every day, but it's still not a hundred percent. So again, it's probably better to precautionary. Put him over the IR group. It's a smaller group. You put him out there with twenty guys, and the practice get going, the tempo gets going. You get knocked over, and you could have a setback, which we don't want. All right, so there is uh, Rick Bonus. Uh, I believe that last bit was about uh, Ehlers. Uh, yeah, they definitely don't want any setbacks with Ehlers. Um, so it'll be Vlad Nemetsnikov playing with Cole and Nino tonight in Ehlers' spot. Yeah, and hey, he said, you know, they asked about Nemestikov, said, look, he's our Swiss Army knife, he's our utility guy, but this is reserving for Ehlers and Colby Barlow. I think they wanted to get him into a game. They did send uh, a couple guys down yesterday, you know, to the OHL. DiVincentis was one of them, and Barlow's still there. Like, give him, get him, you know, he signed the contract, like to see him get into a preseason game, get to wear the jersey, but... Uh, what he's recovering from uh, this illness that he had, and you know, maybe this weekend in Ottawa or uh, wherever you can get him in and and give him that opportunity. But it's I mean, really you're ru- too bad. Ru- running out of time here. Like usually, it would be the first game or two. Well, it, exactly, and I think that I mean to be honest, I think the plan would have also been to have him make his debut on home ice. I mean, get the home fans to get a chance to see him in person for that first game. Again, the game is on TSN tonight, so you'll be able to see it if you're not going to the game. Um, but that is, that. I mean, that's unfortunate for Barlow. I can't wait to see what he can do at some point. Um, it might have to be in a televised game uh, away, but um, I'm sure they would love to get him into a game beforehand. I'm just not sure whether um, that is going uh, to happen. There's just one more home game after this, and that is coming up next week against the Ottawa Senators, so more than a week away. And I guess the question is, you know, I think it's still possible that Colby could stick around for that long. I and mean, we certainly have seen young players, um, first-rounders, like Mark Scheifele, for instance, stay right through the preseason and even get a few games at the start of the year. I'm not expecting that to be the case. Um, but I would imagine that all things being equal, if they have the opportunity to play him in front of the home crowd, they will. Although that final preseason game could essentially be the dress rehearsal, if you will, for the team before the home, the uh, opening game to the season, October 11th in Calgary, before they come back to take on Paul Maurice and the Panthers on the 14th for the home opener, 3 p.m. on that Saturday. Um, All right, we've got more from Bones and some really interesting stuff. John Shannon, who, of course, is holding it down for Bob McCown, who's recovering from some health issues on the Bob McCown podcast, had Bones on yesterday. We've got that coming up for you in just a minute. Uh, Before we get to that, I do want to thank our friends and sponsors at Modern Man Barbershops for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Man now has eight Winnipeg locations including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. And guys, Modern Man has you covered for uh, pretty much everything to do with your dome. Haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. And an incredible selection of men's hair care and beard products as well. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com at any of the eight locations. And make sure to give them a follow on Instagram as well, at Modern Man Barber Shops. Uh, well... This last few days has been like a little bit of extra blast of summer, and man, it has been appreciated. 
The pools are closing right now, but if you're thinking about a pool for next year, you know the experts are Aquatech. You can get working on that. But you might not know that Aquatech has thousands of home renovations that are foundation and can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, your bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, Aquatech is there for you. Visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And while we're still staying in the 20s, we know that cold weather is just around the corner. And now that Manitoba Battery has helped us power through a great Manitoba summer with the campers and boats and motorcycles and ATV batteries, now it's time to get ready for winter. Uh, the Manitoba Battery Team can test your battery to see how it's holding up heading into winter. And bottom line, have the best prices on car and truck batteries in town to get you through everything that Mother Nature is going to throw at us through the winter months. Order online at manitobabattery.com for all your battery needs. You'll get the best prices in town. And Donnie and his staff will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter in the city of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks as well. It's that easy. You can also give them a phone call or pop down and see them at Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, hey, Chad Kelly might not be coming to IG Field on uh, on Friday night, or at least playing, but 30-plus thousand Bomber fans will be, and I have a feeling they're going to be thirsty. And, of course, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, will be ready to go at the Rum Hut and throughout IG Field as Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your friends here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, hey, maybe not looking for a cocktail. How about a pre-mixed one? Canadian Club and ginger ale pre-mixed in cans available at Bomber Games as well. And you can always pick it up at your local beer store in addition to Manitoba Liquor Marts with all the great Canadian club products. All right, Scott Billick coming up in 15, 20 minutes or so. But let's get to Bones on the Bob McCown podcast with John Shannon. And this is sort of a big picture conversation on some things that we have talked about. And I think Bones in that format opened up a little bit more on how things ended last year and the focus going forward with the Winnipeg Jets. Here is Bones talking about the uh, rather infamous end to the season last year. We're about uh, 10 minutes into this uh, discussion. Were you uh, expecting a question about uh, end of season comments? <laughs> no. <laughs> We've moved on. You know, that's almost five months ago. Like we dealt with that right away. Um, I know what you did. Right just, I mean, you referenced it. I know at the start of training camp, could you tell us? exactly how you referenced it i called all the player and talked to them right away they say they had something to say say it and yeah. when they had but at the end of every conversation they understood where i was coming from um and that and very few of them and most of them agreed with me you know what you're so i think Dave, if you take the words and the emotion away from it but focus on the content the content was right we weren't very good. So take the emotion and intensity out of it. Take the words out of it. Focus on the content. Focus on the what the message was. The message was right. We weren't good enough. And we sometimes in life, as you know, in this job, you draw a line in the sand. 
And when you draw a line in the sand, you're usually going to get a couple of guys rattled by it. And that's fine. That was the objective of it, to get them rattled, to get them thinking about it. But honestly, we've moved on. That hasn't been brought up with any of the players. But it, it's. It, but you're right. If you let it linger, we didn't let it linger. We had dealt with it right away. Uh, they said what they had to say. They understood where I was coming from. And we've moved on. All right. That, Remus, that was really interesting. And, and you know, we had talked to a few of the players beforehand, and uh, Rick has mentioned it. it. You know, they had conversations throughout the summer. Uh, hearing that question from Dave Hodge to Rick, very clear that the aftermath was, like, listen, I don't think it was taken very well by a lot of people. I can certainly tell you the way it was taken by everybody that watches this program. And it was about 99% were loving Rick Bonus even more for telling everybody exactly how he felt, which echoed, I think, the feelings of most people that care about this hockey club. And there was a lot of people that were quite disappointed at the, uh, at the pushback, to use a Bones term, about what the players had to say in that final meeting. Um, so to think that afterwards Bones let things settle a bit and then called everybody and got it out on the table to me is exactly the way you'd want a head coach to uh, to deal with that. And I'm not surprised that he said by the end of those conversations, most of the players, frankly, probably should have been all of the players, were sort of understanding where he came from because that was uh, that was an ugly way to pack it up for a season that they'd worked so hard to get to where they were. It was just such a disappointing ending um, with the way game one started. And then you have Morrissey get injured and... You know, you lose in that uh, overtime, and then Mark Shafley gets injured early in Game 4. It's just, and then you have, what, the Game 5 where it wasn't close, and, you, you know, you lose to the Stanley eventual Stanley Cup champions. It was, it was certainly tough, but, you know, one thing you mentioned, has about Rick Bonus and the fans being on his side. We had Fan Fest this past weekend. I see, you know, among the biggest cheers walking down the runway to the ice is Rick Bonus. Fans certainly uh, have his back, and... He has preached that open line of communication. He's not playing any uh, any mind games with anyone, and I think you got to respect that. Hey, uh, it's a good thing for all the other politicians in town with this election coming up that Bones is busy as the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets because Bones is one of the few people in this community that has, I don't want to say full unanimous support, but... Uh, Bones to this fan base right now wins in a landslide, uh, if you know what I'm saying, when we uh, compare him, him to many others. T. Conopoli, by the way, thanks very much for the super chat. Oh, concerns that the Ehlers neck injury is still related to the Hartman hit end of last season, missing games. Ah, hopefully that is not the case. Um, I mean, it apparently happened in the weight room afterwards, so... Um, we, we won't try and put two and two together uh, like that, but let's get back to Bones, because... One of the other things that was talked about was the challenge that Rick Bonus had coming in to Winnipeg into that locker room where, you know, things had gotten so sour for the last couple of seasons. Um, and Bones talked about the challenge of coming in last year and changing the culture internally of the Winnipeg Jets. You got to remember when they brought me in last year, there was all kinds of culture issues here, there, and there was. So let's not get ourselves. We 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 know what we were getting into. Uh, the team had missed the playoffs. 
Uh, the team had underachieved. So we had to come in here and we had to raise the bar, both in terms of the culture and the way we played. So we we did that. And, and listen, so we, we made a lot of adjustments. We, we did become a tougher team to play against. I know we hit a skid there for a little bit, but the bottom line was we came in to change the culture. We, we've done that. Get the team back in the playoffs. We've done that. But mm -hmm. that all being said, we have to take this team to another level. We're like 31 other teams. We didn't make the playoffs. So we have to be better. I have to be better. The coaches have to be better. The players have to be better. Uh, so that's kind of the message that's been sent all summer and the message that we're going to continue right through this year. But we had to get back in the playoffs for sure, and we did that. Were, were we happy with the way it went? No. So you address it and you move on. But you've got to raise the bar, and we're going to continue to raise the bar, and we're going to continue to keep pushing here. All right, so there's a little bit more of a Rick bonus from the uh, from the Bob McCowan podcast, and you know those comments I, about as frank, open, and honest as I think we've heard Bones ever be about the culture change that was needed in this club. And honestly, re th like listening to that in the context of what's happened this summer, I think tells me a couple things. One that they really did believe that Rick Bonus was going to be able to... Listen, I think they probably would have liked to have moved Blake Wheeler last year, to be honest, if they could. But that contract was just not movable, and I don't think that they had the appetite for a buyout at that point for a guy that was still very productive. Um, but when you think about the way the season started and the buy-in and then the sort of erosion of that and the all too familiar slide in the second half of the season. And then the embarrassing way that the playoff series ended against the Vegas golden Knights. And then what we heard from players starting off with Blake, uh, you put those two together. And I think we're getting a pretty clear reason why the Winnipeg jets organization who you know, had only bought out one player before in Mark Stewart, who clearly was no longer able to play at an NHL level was willing to drop five and a half million dollars to send a guy that just scored 55 points for them packing. Yeah, and I see people in chat mentioning Wheeler did get on the board last night, the Rangers' uh, preseason goal. And yeah, it was interesting to hear him. You know, we'd speculated on culture issues or whatever, but uh, you heard it from the coach's mouth that, you know, he had to come in, clean some stuff up. They wanted to get back in the playoffs. And look, he changed the style of play, um, you know, got better defensively, and now I think they're going to try to increase the number uh, of goals and goals this season because what last year we talked so much about, you know, the record when they don't score two was not very good, and uh, they try to, you know, get to three, and Elba can keep it within one to two. You should be in good shape to win a majority of your games. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, that was, that was one that I think got a lot of people. Maybe if you hadn't been paying attention to the Winnipeg Jets or with our show, that, that might be a little bit of a surprise, but not really. And, hey, let's face it. I mean, the first thing Rick did last year before they even began training camp was take the C off Blake Wheeler. And I guess that was the first step of it. And the second step was the buyout. And, yeah, Blake did score last night a little tap-in goal. Nice one, and uh, he does look weird wearing number 17. He'll always be 26 here in and around Winnipeg. A um, couple more interesting ones from Bones. And this one more about you know the big offseason move that the team made, sending Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Los Angeles Kings for 
Gabriel Velarde, we saw Monday night, and Alex Iafalo, who we'll see for the first time tonight on home ice in preseason action, along with Adam Lowry. And Rasmus Kapari, who gets another game after a strong performance on Monday. Here's what Bones had to say about the new Jets, the three former LA Kings now in Winnipeg. Uh, yeah, it clearly improves our depth. And But you know what? The most important thing out of that, Dave, is these three guys want to be here. They're, they're happy to be Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we've heard enough of the guy. We don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. And when I called these guys, all three of them, uh, as soon as we made the trade, all three of them said they're thrilled to come to Winnipeg and they want to be Winnipeg Jets and they're proud to be Winnipeg Jets. So it starts with that. It starts with their attitude coming in. Now what they're bringing to the table is, is, is they're all three National Hockey League players. Uh, we love what we saw from Gabe last night. Alex Iafello had a really good game in Edmonton playing with Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton. So we're kind of liking the looks of that. And again, last night was our first real look at, at Rasmus Kupari. He's a, in practices. You can see this kid can skate. He has good skills. Uh, he won some key face-offs for him last night. But you can see with the skating and the skills and the size, he's a big, strong kid, why he was a first-round pick by the L.A. Kings. Now, he hasn't played as much as the other two. Um, so we we know pretty much where the other two are going to fit in. Uh, we're we're going to try to give Rasmus a more of an involved role with our hockey club than he had with the Kings. Uh, it, he's a young player, and it's time that he took that next step. And we're going to give him that opportunity. All right, so there's bones on uh, the, uh, you know, kind of an interesting insight on, uh, obviously, we know Gabriel Velarde looked pretty darn good playing with Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor. Um, and I'm most interested to see this Lowry line with Appleton, who's always been there, but how Ix Alex Iafallo wearing number nine on that line um, looks early stages were good. Didn't get to see as much of that Sunday game as I would have liked, so... That'll be a focus up on uh, this evening. Now, the one other thing that Bones did address uh, was something that we thought might be taken care of before the season, but has not been, is the contract situations for Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, two of the most important and long-serving Winnipeg Jets. And Bones did get into potential distractions with the expiring contracts of two of their top players. Well, they, they, the good thing with that is they're both they're good pros. They're not kids. They've been around the league a long time. They're both of you thirty years old. Uh, they know they understand the business side of this game now. They've been around long enough. They've seen their teammates come and go. They've they've played uh, paid close attention to what's going on to future unrestricted fewer agents around the league. So they they've got a good feel. They're character guys, and they're, and I, I'm not worried about it being a distraction to them. Now with the media, it's going to be in a lot of noise. When you understand that. But uh, fortunately, like we're not going to let it internally to be a distraction to us. And I know those two individuals will be able to handle it. Uh, they're going to play their game. They're going to come to the rink every day. They're going to be a good pro. They're going to be good Winnipeg Jets. Uh, hopefully things can get resolved with them and get them both signed. So they're here for a lot longer than, than this one year. That will play itself out over time. But I, I am not worried about them being distracted by it at all. And I'm not going to let it. It won't. And because of that, it should not be an internal distraction within the locker room as well. All right. So there is uh, Bones talking about potential distractions. And yeah, listen, the media, 
it won't be as much here anymore. I mean, I really do think that we heard what we heard from Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck at the beginning of training camp. It's not like after every practice, uh, you know, people are being asked locally. However, we know that is going to be very different when this team hits the road. And Bones did sort of expand a little longer on it, saying, well, it's a good thing we're only in these other markets once a year. But um, until there is more clarity on that, that certainly is going to be a story. And I can tell you when TSN starts firing up their trade bait boards and whatnot, or Frank and the Daily Faceoff guys, there'll be some Winnipeg Jets with expiring contracts on that list, most definitely. All right, we're going to kick all of this around with Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Coming up in just a minute, let me first give a big thanks to our great sponsors at Vita Health Fresh Market, featuring great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. Online ordering at their fully shoppable website, including same-day local delivery, if you get your order in by 11 a.m. Gearing up for back to school? Keep your energy up with Health First B12 Supreme. B12 is involved in so many functions of our bodies, like metabolizing carbs, fats, and proteins, which are converted into energy. Health First B12 Supreme is on sale all month, all month at Vita Health, a proud family-owned local company operating since 1936. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Not only are Wallace and Wallace the fencing experts in town, but they're also the go-to people for overhead garage doors with the largest selection of overhead garage doors in Winnipeg. And that overhead garage door had lots of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you and your family to all of your summer fun. But it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today. For residential and commercial overhead doors, sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. Um, shout out to our boys down at F Apparel. Just actually telling Andrew, I got to get a little appointment to come down and uh, and do my own upgrading of the menswear department of the closet. Guys, if you need to do the same, get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And don't forget, there's a 15% discount for wedding parties. If you are in one or having a wedding, talk to F Apparel about that 15% discount to have your entire wedding party looking mint for the big day. And they'll be able to keep those suits afterwards. F Apparel is at 190 Smith Street. And you can make an appointment or check them out online at F. That's EPHapparel.com. And hey, a couple more days at 20 plus. Why not squeeze in a few more of those delicious summer blizzard flavors down at the Nick and Nicky DQ? Uh, they're waiting for you. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And don't forget those delicious stack burgers 12 months a year. And, hey, if you are out near the DQ in Niverville, make sure to pay attention and check out the new pita pit Nick and Nicky have just opened. Health, fat, healthy, fast, fresh, and delicious. Pita Pit now open in Niverville, and they're at Pita Pit Niverville as well if you'd like to get in touch with them for catering options in the area. All right, let's uh, bring in Scotty Billick, 
before the Jets take on the Calgary Flames tonight in preseason action. Looks like you just came from uh, Modern Man. Uh, always, I, I can tell there's definitely been some helmet reduction in you, Scott Billick. Holy smokes, almost to the wood. We're going down to the wood, yeah. I'm just like, tired of it. <laughs> tired of the hair. Tired of it, and yeah, I just... I don't care. I don't care enough not to. Yeah. Hey, um, listen, before um before we talk about this game and stuff tonight, I, I touched on this right off the bat, but um now what terrible news coming out of Calgary for Chris Snow. Oh. I mean, I think we'd all followed his yeah. battle and his journey through his family and obviously all of his wife's posting and I mean just an absolutely heartbreaking message to hear this morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's been heartbreaking the whole time. And if you, if anybody's read Kelsey Snow's stuff listen to her podcast about grief and and those sorts of things um they've been through hell and back right and and they're still in it obviously i mean yesterday's news is uh you know is is as devastating as it gets um and and it's just yeah it's a uh i don't even know what to say man it's just it's it's rough and 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 you just you know your thoughts and prayers and whatever right are out to to the snow family to the you know the 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 calgary flames family um you know obviously snow is a uh a big part of that organization um and 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 even more so since his, his battle with als began and and yeah it's uh it's heartbreaking there's no other i don't know even what the words are for it it's just it's 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 brutal and you know, I guess the, the the one little thing that you at least that's nice today is that you, you see the outpouring of support throughout the hockey community, whether it's you know Elliot Friedman or you know all those people, you know, right down to the, the people in Calgary, the fans. I mean, I mean, everybody's at, at least I hope that provides some comfort, um, you know, for 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 the family right now uh, that's going through just the worst time in their lives. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. And yeah. yeah, you just hope that, yeah, I just hope that the support's there and, 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 you know, just based off Twitter or whatever, right. You, you, you can certainly see it. So, well, yeah. and, I, and I think that the flames um, in particular deserve a lot of credit for yeah. the way that they supported him and the family. And I and listen, he was an absolute warrior, um, you know, to see what he had been dealing with, but still working away, being very involved in many aspects of the Flames hockey operation, um, and looking quite good in the summer, um, and being a big part of everything that they did. Um, but you knew that this is part of it. And Remus mentioned Steve Gleason, who um, NFL fans will remember as the uh, hometown hero that blocked a punt in the Super Bowl that the Saints won. Um, you know, and how he deteriorated over the course of the years, unable to speak. Um, and then there was Chris, you know, he was out mowing the lawn this summer and doing yep. a bunch of things. I mean, there was no quit in him. And um, that's certainly, and yeah, there's that that video right there. So, I mean, he, yeah. uh, um, but they did, it seemed like, have a great support. It's an inspiration, right? It, it, it's inspirational to see yep. all this stuff, right? Like, I, I, you know, I think when we, when we think about, you know, the diseases like ALS or cancer, right? They can be so debilitating, and, and you know it, it, it's it's something to celebrate every time you see somebody, you know, making. I don't even know if it's progress, but 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 at least being able to do some things that that they can still do, you know. And then that's not to take anything away from the people that can't either. I mean, these diseases, um, they they, they affect everybody differently, um, and 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 you know that's that's the thing. Not everybody gets. You know the chance that, that that Chris had to to 
to do some of those things still. And so, I mean, it, it was just, it, it's been every time, I mean, the whole family, the whole family has been inspirational. I mean, I think, you know, we talk obviously about Chris and that, but, you know, the, the, imagine what Kelsey has gone through. Uh, his wife, if people don't know who Kelsey Snow is, uh, his wife is, and, and but, but, you know, she's sat there and she's, she's documented it all and she's, you know, and, and people have surrounded her and, and, and it's just the, the entire, you know, there's so many bad stories in the hockey community. I mean, we're still waiting to hear what Kevin Constantine did and, and when, when Itachi or allegedly did and all that. I mean, this is one of the good ones. This is one of the ones, I mean, obviously it, it's steeped in, in sadness and, and all that, but you know, it, 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 it gives you kind of hope uh, that, you know, the, the, it, it shows you that the broader hockey community is, um, you know, it, it's good. And, well, and, and, and you know, and the other already, thing, yeah. let, let me just say it. I mean, you know, and for everybody listening, you know, regardless of, you know, what you're dealing with, I mean, um, don't take uh, your blessings for granted. Um, yeah. and don't take these days for granted. And they certainly didn't. And anyways, just yeah. wanted to mention that as we get into it, yeah. um, you know, we've got this game tonight, Scott, and, yeah. um, let, let me start off with, let's talk about Logan Stanley here, because I don't think that they're, like we said yesterday on the program, I mean, in typical Canadian hockey market fashion, what are we talking about right now? Who's going to be the 13th forward? I mean, who are the... Who are, I mean, yeah. we're basically talking about press box duty, but yeah. Logan Stanley's, uh, you know, in a, in a in a unique situation. This is a guy that there were very high hopes for. They mm-hmm. traded up a few spots, but used a first-round pick to select him. And he was always going to be, I mean, Mark Hillier came on our program an hour after he was picked and said, this is a project pick, but we have a lot of fo- uh, confidence that he can turn into be a solid NHL player. He's two years away from being two years away. Well, those two years went in junior, and then there were years in the in the minor leagues, and then he became a National Hockey Leaguer. And last year, Logan Stanley only played 19 games and got passed by Dylan Sandberg and comes in to the most competitive camp we've seen on the blue line with some other players like a Declan Chisholm that have major potential that are not waivers exempt. Um, the first thing that I noticed when I saw this lineup for tonight's game was that Logan Stanley was scheduled to be playing on a third pairing with Niazev. Um, What have you made of Stanley's camp so far? And, like, what is his situation, in your opinion, going into tonight and the rest of the preseason? I mean, it's not good, right? I mean, you know, I think if you're Logan Stanley, uh, I don't think you looked at the roster today and were, you know, that happy with it. But I, I guess if you're Logan Stanley, too, the only way that you can be happy about where you're going to play in this lineup throughout the rest of this preseason, um, you know, is if you play the game that you're supposed to play. Here's the thing. Like, to me, Declan Chisholm has played well in camp, has had a really good camp. You also have Elias Salmonson, who is being groomed by by Josh Morrissey throughout this camp and has been placed with him. So we know where the, this team is going with Salmonson and, and the, what the future is for him. Um, and then you have Billy, and, and honestly, Billy being with D- Brendan Dillon, th- there's a connection there because mm. last year, Brendan Dillon basically took Billy under his wing. Um, and, and, you know, when he was called up a few times, I remember talking to both of them in Buffalo, uh, last January, I believe it was. And, you know, Brendan was really trying to help Billy just with the ups and downs of going, you know, from the AHL to, you know, to the NHL and maybe playing a game, but only playing, you know, seven, eight minutes a night. There was a lot of help there. So I think, you know, Brendan Dillon's really taken really under his wing. And that's why you're seeing those two play together. 
um, you know, Chisholm with Bauer, I, you know, I think there's, there, there's a road to the NHL for both those guys. I mean, you know, it's possible that, that Tyrell Bauer, if he, if he keeps developing, could be Brendan Dillon's replacement at some point, you know, big bruising guy who can, who can be on the back end. But, you know, you, then you look at Logan Stanley and you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, where is he going to fit in? Like, I, I'm not even sure. I mean, obviously Capo, Kyle Capobianco was supposed to play today, um, but got injured, right? So, so he, he's not uh, able to play. But, you know, the way that I see it with Logan is just he just hasn't, he hasn't turned into the guy that they hoped that he, that he would. And, and so now he's sort of like, okay, you put him down here. Can he play the position and maybe not bring down his line? Like, you know, I, it, to me, Logan Stanley's on an island tonight, right? Like this is, you know, go out and prove that you can actually do something. And it, it's been a tough road. Like, I, I don't know who they're going to put on waivers, Right, like there's there's basically three guys right now that are vying for two spots, and both of them are you know you know basically fighting not to get thrown on waivers. If I'm Logan Stanley, I might want to get thrown on waivers and just have somebody pick me up and, and have a new place to to kind of try out, like a you know, change of scenery, like Erasmus Kapari or other guys, right? That maybe just didn't get that opportunity. Whereas a, a team that's on the top of the waiver wire list might come and. And, 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 and kind of take him. But, you know, you look at, you know, he played 19 games. And we've we got to talk, you know, he obviously was injured at multiple times last year. Um, so that kind of helped. But, but it, you know, you look at the way that Dylan Sandberg played the other night, and he's added a little bit of sandpaper to his game now too, which I think, again, we look at – this is the first day of camp Logan Stanley drilled, uh, I believe it was Ashton Sautner, if I'm not mistaken. And, like, he was getting stick taps from his teammates and all that sort of thing. And, and you know – you know, th- th- that was the thing, but it's just like, this is, you know, he, we got into a game when he played a day later, I think it was two days later. And it's just not there. He's not hitting people. He's not, he's not using his size to his advantage. Yeah. He'll, he'll throw a puck or two at net and that's good. But again, I just think there's guys like, like, I mean, at this point, I think Declan is, is ahead of him. Well, we obviously know Dylan Sandberg's ahead of him. I think Salmonson is ahead of him, even though he's not going to play here this year, but I mean, in the organization's eyes, He's ahead of him, and and I still think Billy is ahead of him. Like Billy, well, those he had guys a, are so, prospects. So those, those guys are still yeah. prospects. Like Logan Stanley's yeah. not a prospect anymore. He's a twenty-five-year-old no. professional defenseman yeah. that is on a team that hasn't gotten there. Yeah, yeah, and listen, he he needs to be if he's going to be an NHL regular, he needs to play like a six-foot-seven defenseman that is leaned on yeah. to be a physical force to do those little things right, but to be out there. Like, Scott, I, I, I'm not saying that this is going to be a, a dust-up fest tonight, but from what I'm seeing in Calgary's lineup, oh, they've, got some guys that, yeah. they've got some guys that can throw them in that lineup. VL is going to be in there tonight. I mean, oh. I think he, I mean, certainly when they signed him, the first thing I did was look at his numbers and notice, oh, man, he went for 150 <laughs> penalty minutes in the yeah. thing. And I listen, I saw a bunch of his fights on HockeyFights.com. I don't know if his record was very good, but I mean, he was willing to throw down with anyone. And yeah. I'll tell you what, Tyrell Bauer might be salivating for the opportunity to show what he can do in what is becoming a more rare occurrence, but is still part of the game of hockey. Like to me, Logan Stanley tonight, this game against a Calgary team that again, I know Daryl Sutter's not there anymore, but the majority of these guys have been in around it. I know they don't want to lose that part of their identity. Um, like we can't be making a big deal about one hit in one training camp practice for a guy that was brought here to be a guy 
that plays like that all the time. And listen, I'm not expecting things to just change all in all. But I'll tell you what, if I'm Logan Stanley and I see where I am on this depth chart tonight, knowing yeah. that I'm in the lineup against the Calgary Flames, make, yeah. I'm going to go out there as if somebody just smacked me in the face on the way out to there and, you know, be in about yeah. as ornery a mood as possible. To, to me, that's the only way that I think he can get management to maybe change their their thoughts on where he is right now because uh, it yeah. has been underwhelming. Yeah. I think we know where management's thoughts are on him, though, right? I mean, you just look at the lineup. Like, I get what you're saying, and and I, and I agree to. I, I agree with it. I just I don't know if there's. I don't think even if Logan Stanley has a good game tonight, that it's really proof of anything, right? Like, Logan Stanley should have came into camp this year. And and that should have, he should have came into the camp last year at the same thing too right like last year was a three way battle for the job and I mean obviously he was injured um, but Dylan Sandberg won that job and I think it was evident from you know early on in camp that Sandberg was pulling ahead uh, of Logan Stanley and it wasn't you know mostly of that was because of his defensive play like he got actually could actually play you know sound defense um, and now that Sandberg's added a little bit of grit to his game you know you're more willing a little more comfortable in that. Like everything that you wanted to see from Logan Stanley, some of these guys have already done, right? Like the guys that were maybe below him before, um, those guys have taken. You know, I would even say a guy like Terrell Bauer. I mean, I think we the expectation tonight is that Terrell Bauer is going to go in there and throw his weight around, right? And and that's what he does. But that's but he's shown that not maybe not at the NHL level because he hasn't really played a lot of NHL games. You know, none really in in the actual NHL. Um, a, a couple of preseason games, but. Um, you know, here's a guy who, it, with the moose last year, this this is his mo, right? He he's a tough guy, and he looked back to last year's trade deadline, and you know, the long one guy that a lot of people were wanting in Winnipeg because of that sort of thing, that toughness, and that was a guy like Luke Shen. And I look at Trell Bauer, I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's a guy that you know this team needed last year, and and I think Terrell Bauer's playing the type of game you see him in, in, in some of these practices. He's not afraid to go after some of these guys and, and take a run at them. Um, you know, there's some obviously some some you know familiarity with 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 the team now, but I, I just think that Logan Stanley has been passed by by a lot of people. Um, he obviously asked for a trade last year. We, we, we you know he didn't make any kind of bones about that one. I mean, he didn't really want to talk about it at all. But you know, I think Logan Stanley's got to look in the mirror and, and be like, hey, like I'm I'm the problem here. You know, I'm the guy that needs to go out and play to my size, to my skill. Like I, I think. You know, it was one time, what did he say? It was Chisholm, I think, that Rick Bonus said they like his reach or whatever. But it, the thing is, like, you're not hearing these things from Rick Bonus about Logan Stanley, and that's a bad sign, right? It, it's a bad sign that that Logan Stanley just isn't up in the lineup right now. And, and, and in a game like this, he should be, and he's not. And so I think the writing's on the wall here. I just We're going to have to wait and see because one of the problems with a first-rounder like like Logan Stanley, is GMs don't always want to admit that this it didn't happen, or you know it just it was, and especially the way that they got it wasn't like it was eighteen and they took a flyer on. Well, they traded up to take a flyer on them, right? So it's more than just Three they picks. spent something. I mean, it's, to not, get this. it's not. It's not like you know. I, get, I get it, but like I mean, it, it just like there, there's a lot of ego in, in, when it comes to a GM, and they don't want to admit their mistakes, and and you know whether or not this is a mistake or not. I mean, I think it's played out. He has not turned into the guy, the project, and the project, the project sort of failed, right? And he's not, he's not, and people in the channel, 
Yeah, people in the chat will, you know, remember when I thought, you know, maybe he's in the next. I didn't really say he was the next to Dan Ochara. But, I mean, that's what you hope that he becomes. Uh, he's nowhere close, right? Yeah. And, so, well, and, and, yeah, listen, and here's the thing, and this is why it's going to be so interesting with Bauer and Stanley playing in this game tonight against a team like the Flames with the lineup that they're bringing, is that there is absolutely zero question about the physicality and toughness level of Terrell Bauer. I mean, yeah. I, I would I would argue that Bauer is probably the toughest guy to wear a Jet jersey since Dustin Bufflin. And, and again, we're talking sure. about preseason here. And even if you look at the yeah. entire 12 years, I mean, for guys that are as big and as strong can throw him like Bauer, there's no doubt. The question is, can he hold his own and play at an NHL level? And I don't think the answer to that is yes, yet. But again, he's just played the one year of pro hockey. Yeah. You know, there is there is a d- development pro, uh, process for him um, because like he didn't come out a junior as a guy that was like, oh, this, this big, mean monster defenseman, um, although was really successful at a junior level. So there's no questions about that. And if they do want that, which I think every team does, you just have to hope that he continues to progress. And yeah. in a year or two, he's part of it. But we're going to see a very interesting comparison tonight on the ice when we watch this game with those two individuals. Um, You know, the uh, Declan Chisholm is going to be playing, and it was supposed to be with Capobianco. Now, he said that Bauer's going to go into his spot. I mean, if Bauer's playing ahead of Stanley on that pairing, that's another, then you can take what you want. And by the way, I'm not sure if you heard that comment from Rick Bonus. Uh, We were just playing a couple of clips. Yeah, I listened to it yesterday. So the (laughs) one thing that really stood out to me, Scotty, when he was talking about the uh, the players that came from L.A. and how emphatic that he was, that the guys had really expressed that they want to be there. I mean, you can just tell that Rick Bonus is so done with guys that, you know, yeah. might be complaining <laughs> about their own personal situation or anything like that. And I couldn't help but think about yeah. Big Stan a little bit in that same spot as well. I mean, it's one thing... You know, if you're a top player and you need to have the guy, listen, I'm not saying that Shifley or Connor Hellebuck have said that, but if they did, you find out a way to deal with it. Um, if you're a bubble player that might not even be in the lineup, I don't think Rick Bonus has an ounce of time or patience for anything like that. So it's another interesting yep. thing that sort of goes into um, the way, and I think that's part of the reason why the organization likes bonus and why the fans like bonus so much is it is a straight shooter. But to be honest, yeah, we're in Winnipeg. The winters suck. It's a small market. Guess what? You're in the National Hockey League. You either embrace it and deal with it and make the most of it and, um, you know, handle that, or he, I don't think, has much time for you. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I, I, Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Once this team kind of sheds itself from the guys who want to be here and don't want to be here and all that, and, and you're right. I mean, I think we can throw Jansen Harkins into this mix because there's been, you know, there's guys like that who just think that they should be higher in the lineup, but they don't they don't show it in the NHL. And and I think you can see where Jansen's been playing in training camp. That's just, you know, not going to be – he's kind of the Logan Stanley on forward, in my opinion, just has never – Really taking advantage of the opportunity. Uh, I'll probably get. I'll say this from, about Harkins, though. Uh, I'll say that, this about but, Hark that he yeah. last year, and again, I'm sure there were some questions as to how he was going to handle it. I mean, you know, from talking to people about Toninato and Harkins who got sent down last year, 
I mean, there was so much praise for how Dominic Toninato was part of the team and welcoming it. And I, listen, I'm sure Harkins was somewhat bent out of shape about it. And, you know, how you handled oh, yeah. that personally within the team, that's one thing. But my God, did he play his ass off at the AHL level. Yeah. I mean, led the team in goals, only playing like half the season. You can't say anything about what he did. But unfortunately for Harkins, that hasn't really translated into anything more. And yeah. let's face it, for him and all Toninato included, Every one of those guys that were bubble guys that were going to hopefully get a chance on the fourth line, the minute they saw that return coming back from PLD, Bad trade, news. Yeah, they knew yeah. that they were probably screwed. Yeah. Yeah, 100% they did, right? But I, I think, and I think, so there's been such an addition by subtraction here that I think that we're going to see, and, and we're not going to see it till probably the fifth or sixth game of this training camp where we actually see this team um, kind of together in its configuration, the regular season configuration. But I think the one thing we're going to see here, assuming that everything stays the same, that Perfetti is, that starts the season on the second line center, Pari is the fourth line guy, right? And and, and there's not much change in that. I, I think you can be excited. And and here's this is a thought I've had over the last couple of days. So my 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 instinct here, or just you know, based on what I've seen and all this stuff, is to think that. I don't think we can really actually say what this team is going to be like this year. Like, I think there's there's such a question mark like what this team could be. But I think what we're seeing, like we've seen one game now of the Shifley-Connor and, and Velarde combo. We've seen, uh, we've seen Perfetti at center, and we haven't seen him yet with Ehlers and, and Nita Ryder, but we have seen him with Nita Ryder. Um, we've seen the fourth line. And, and you're just, I mean, obviously, last uh, two nights ago, like the game on Monday night was not... Uh, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a difficult contest for anybody there, but in the games where you're playing against guys that you have to Google for the most part to figure who the heck they are, you wanted to look at some sort of chemistry, right? And I think we saw a lot of chemistry on that fourth line. I think we've seen some chemistry, but well, we saw chemistry on that first line, especially on the power play, um, with just how they were able to already work off of each other. And this is just a few days into training camp, right? And I think we saw some good things that are called perfettiness line. And I really, I think a lot of people waiting to see, okay, what happens when Ehlers is on that line with him um, and, and what they can do there. So there's a lot there. But I think you look at this team, going back to the addition by subtraction, yes, this team might be out, you know, 40, 45 goals without Wheeler and, and, and Dubois there. It's still a question mark if Cole Perfetti can play the second line center. But if you just kind of look at this roster now, like you can tell it's deeper. And you can tell it because you've seen it, right? You can see the Kapari fourth line was effective line, right? And we'll see how effective it really is. But you look at guys like, like you know, he's got Baron and Nemestikov there on that line, and that's likely what it's going to be. I mean, you have kind of a lot of different pieces there that can make that not a four-minute line every night. Like, that line could possibly be played 10 minutes a night, you know, and, and be effective at what they do. And that's going to help out the top line from not having them have to play 24. I think this team for a long time has been searching for a bottom six that they can really depend on to, to relieve some of the top hand minutes and the scoring that this team has needed, um, you know, to compete. So I'm not saying this team has completely, it, it, this is a, you know going to be an, a fantastic team. I don't think we know that yet, but, but I think we're starting to see signs that this team is sort of put together um, the, the, the depth is there. Like there is legitimate depth 
from the top line to the fourth line. And we're starting to see some of that chemistry budding. And, it, and it's not taking a while, right? You're not looking at the fourth line last game and saying, ah, maybe these guys don't really fit together. No, I think you're looking at the fourth guy. I'm like, yes, like they, they kind of hit the ground running. And the same thing with the top line with Velarde, right? And so you talk about these guys that have come in and bonus talking about those guys. And obviously they've, you know, embraced the city and all those sorts of things. But, you know, there's opportunity. Like Gabriel Velarde spent most of last season in the bottom six. He is now on the top line on an NHL team. Like uh, that can't go kind and of. And he scored twenty three goals. Right in the bottom, <laughs> basically mostly in the bottom six. Actually, he had a cup of tea with Anze Kopitar on the top line and all that. But you know, most of his exactly most of his stuff. So this is a guy who is now he has the opportunity this year to take a huge step um, and, and 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 turn into a forty from a forty point guy to possibly a sixty or seventy point guy just on the fact that you're playing top top pairing minute or top line minutes in the NHL and you're going to be on the top power play unit. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it goes, but I, I just think this team is going to be, it, it, I don't know how much better they're going to be than last year, but I think if they're, if they're looking at, they're going to be way more consistent than they were last year. And that's got to mean something for how good they actually could be. Um, so I'm not trying to sell hope here or anything like that, but you're just looking at the idea that this team has has become deeper down the lineup, but I, I think there's there's going to be, um, I I think they are going to be better than last year because of that. Just because uh, they know th- there's just going to be a lot more trust, I, I think. And I we're going to see. I think you know we still got to see what happens, you know, with Mark Shifley because I, I think that's a huge question mark. Uh, maybe not a huge question mark, but it obviously is a question mark. I can't, you know, how is he going to kind of, um. You know, I guess what what's going to happen when the first piece of adversity hits here and all that, and well, how are these guys actually going to handle? Um, you know, is it the media? I think there's a lot of fans that have are pretty invested in what happens to 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 to, to Hellebuck and Shifley as well. It's not it's not just the media that really. You know, I mean, you know, to to be perfectly honest, it doesn't matter to me whether they they stay or they leave. Um, but I think the fans, for a lot of fans, there's a lot riding on whether they stay or they leave. And 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 that that, that it's not oh, just the media that, that, that's going to make it a it's, it's also thing. It's how they leave. All year. Well, <laughs> like, and how they leave, too. You know, like, are they <laughs> traded? Well, exactly. I, I think, <laughs> or do you... Right? Or, 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 yeah, I mean, or they listen, get nothing for good them. Teams, that happens to good teams all the time. I mean, listen, if, you, if you legitimately think that you have a chance to, to win the Stanley Cup and you're a good team going into the playoffs... I mean, good teams don't trade their guys at the end. Does Winnipeg need to yeah. consider that more than other teams? Maybe. But listen, are you in the uh, NHL? Uh, are yeah, you trying do. to win? Yeah. You've got your players there. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, and this comes back to, I mean, the way I look at this Jets team going into this season, Scott, is that they are middle of the pack right now, you know, on paper, uh, and very similar to where they came in last year. I mean, they were the eighth spot, and they yeah. were 15 of 16 playoff teams. I mean, if you assume that that is sort of the starting position, um, to me, like the range of outcomes for the Jets, it was probably the biggest in the entire NHL because I could see them yeah. taking big strides forward and pushing into yeah. the top 10 or maybe the best case scenario, like a top six, five team in the league. I could also see things going very badly um, depending on what happens with injuries, certain players and how things go forward. And they're going to need to know in the first 25, 30 games of the year, I think how they're proceeding when it comes to those big assets, because if this ain't the year, 
then I mean, it is prudent to figure things out and make yeah. things better for going forward. And, and, and all of that, um, and that's why I think the start of this season is more important for Winnipeg than just about any other team in the league, other than a couple uh, areas where there might be a coach that could find himself fired if things don't happen in uh, in the first 29. And listen, that's what, you know, it's, it's great for us. It gives us lots to talk about. And I mean, there's a lot at stake for all the regular yeah. season games, but even coming down right now, when we get into a game like this, I mean, a lot to take in. Like I'm 10 times more interested in the exhibition season this year than I have been in the last couple oh. of years. I mean, seeing new players, seeing new lines, um, and seeing the battles as we've talked about for some of the periphery of the roster um, is unlike anything that we've seen, I think in the last, uh, in the last little while, speaking of guys up front, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing Alex Iafallo playing with Lowry and Appleton for the first time in person tonight. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you, you got much out of them. I mean, what I saw in the first game in Edmonton when they were on the road on the website game was pretty good. But again, a lot different than watching something on your computer as opposed to seeing, uh, you know, in person. Yeah. Um, but to me, like that addition of Iafallo, and this sort of goes to what you're saying. Um, to me, the big question, there's a couple big ones, but one... Can they get the scoring from the top two lines? I mean, Perfetti at center, a new look there, and the top line. Can that? Can those units supply enough scoring that in potentially less ice time than those two lines have traditionally had for the Winnipeg Jets? Because there's no debate this team is deeper. I think the third and fourth line capable of playing more and capable of contributing more. Um, but when you lose a player like Dubois and you turn that into three pieces that will make you better overall, um, there is still a time in a game where you need to put your five best guys out there and hope that they get it done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think I think the one thing that I saw from Alex Iafallo, at least watching him play, I'm like, this guy's kind of a mini, he's sort of like Michael Froelich, and he's sort of like, uh, and, and it reminded me of like a, a, a speedier but maybe less physical version of Andrew Kopp. And, that, you know, I like watching Alex Hayafalo play because you know the one thing about Alex Hayafalo, he knows where to be, and 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 when you have when you're playing with such a you know a guy like Adam Lowry who knows where guys are supposed to be, um, I, I think there's there's a, there's a big boon in that, and I, you know I think that line likes to like they, they like they all like to skate north, right? They, they're really north and south. It, it's speed, it's heavy on the forecheck, um, and then you got a guy like Alex Hayafalo who's he's pretty shifty, right? This is a guy. Who, who will go to the net, but he's pretty good at reading a play. So he'll 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 go and, and read that play and move into a softer area of ice while you have two big boys in Appleton and Lowry kind of digging for pucks down low. So I, I but but I'll follow at the same time is not um, a guy who who is afraid of doing that himself. So I, I liked watching Alex Iofalo. I mean, it was, you're right. It was a one game on a internet on, on on the Jets website or whatever, but. I think you know from everything we've heard from around the league on, on Alex Iafalo, he's a he's a dependable player who can bring some scoring to a lineup, um, and so now he's on a line and a third line, and, and that's going to be likely Winnipeg's checking line. But you know, I can see that line returning to its kind of kind of glory days where it was really good at shutting down some of the opposition's hey, best and also generating some scoring. Sorry, let I'd me ask ahead. you. Let me ask you this. Um. I mean, last year, that line was Barron and Appleton for the most part. Yeah. I mean, when I look at Alex Iafallo and what he's done at the NHL level, 
this is last five seasons, scoring-wise. 15 goals, 33 points in 82. 1920 played 70 games, 17 goals, 43 points in 70. The shortened season was 13 goals, 30 points in 55. Then he was 17 goals, 37 points in 79. And then last year was 59 games, 14 goals, 36 points. I mean, basically over a half a point per game. Yeah. Uh, and averaging 15, 16 goals. Like, I'm trying to think of the last time Adam Lowry, or maybe has Adam Lowry ever played with a player outside of the time he was with Nito Niederreiter last year in very yeah. limited time where he's had a player with that sort of offensive chops. Like, I mean, Barron and Appleton, good grinder players. I mean, to me, those guys right. probably suited more along with, along, you know, a fourth-line role, and that's where Barron is right now. And I still wonder whether there might be a switch at one point between Nemestikov yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and and Adam Lowry. But I'll tell you what, Adam Lowry, with what he showed at the end of the season and has in glimpses at times, if you can get that Adam Lowry playing with an Alex Iafallo at the rate that he's scored and put up points, and regardless, thought to be one of maybe the best defensive player on that team outside of a Kopitar I mean, to me, that that changes everything for the third line. A line that was played so much as it was with a lot of responsibility. I mean, to me, that's what excites me the most, where the team can be much better. That line in particular, and Aya Fallow yeah. is the center of it all. I agree. And I think in the last couple of years, you've seen an Adam Lowry that's had to kind of, for lack of a better term, try and do it all on, on, on the ice, right? Like he's been playing with guys where he's either been a gateway to guys moving up the lineup or he's been kind of this like, you know, can this guy play in a third line role? Can this guy, or, or if not, he's basically been playing and, 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 and been stuck with a bunch of fourth liners um, when Adam Lowry, and then it just, I, I think, I think one of the problems that, that the, that with Adam Lowry is he's good enough to be, I got, you know, a good third line center in this league, but he, he's almost to the point where he's so good at kind of like helping other guys either get better or at least find out what they are that it's almost been for, for some, a couple of years now, he's almost been like guy who, you know, you throw guys to kind of experiment with. I, I think they're getting away yeah, from like that this year. Like, I mean, well, I know this is what I mean, right? Like, I mean, they're, they're, you, we can rattle off some names here. Carried him around like guys. a piano on his back well, for 70 games but, that year. And, 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 yeah, and then people are like, oh, well, Adam Lowry's not playing very well or Adam Lowry's taking a step back. It's like, well, I think there's been people that have held Adam Lowry down, right? And, and, and you know, Adam Lowry is a great player. He's not good enough, though, that he can, in my opinion, that he can really kind of pull two guys along with both of his hands and still use a stick somehow to score goals or, <laughs> or to do that, right? Like, I mean, I mean it, it, there's, there's a real thing here that if you give Adam Lowry some, some freedom – to play with guys that are that are on his level a little better and actually keep them there instead of having graduating graduating like they were doing with Andrew Kopp for a couple of years where Andrew Kopp would kind of move up into the thing to cover off injuries or whatever like I think one of the best years that we ever saw at Adam Lowry was when he played with Tanev and, and Kopp and then we're talking five years ago five or four or five years ago now but when he was playing with both those guys there wasn't really a question, right? Everybody knew what they were doing, and 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 it really worked well. And you didn't have to – each guy kind of pulled their own weight. Nobody was really kind of, you know, whatever. And and so now I, I almost look at it this year as like you're sort of getting back to that with a guy like, you know, a, a wily vet like like Alex Ilofalo. 
and Mason Appleton, and it might actually, you know, and I agree with you. Like, I think there could be a chance at some point where there is that switch you talked about where Nemestikov moves up and then look out, right? Like, and there's, you got two 30-year-olds, basically three 30-year-olds all on that line playing a checking role that are very defensive-minded, like know how to play defense really well, all three of those guys. But all of them can score, too, at the other end. And so if this is a line that's, that's sent over the boards every night to kind of grind out um, the opposition's best in their own zone, right, and, and hold puck possession time and, 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 and grind out teams um, in that zone like this, team, this line used to do with Kopp and Tanev, um, I think you're going to see, you know, I think you're going to see 15 goals across the board from anybody on that line. And, and again, that's going to take some of the pressure off of the top line that we've seen that this team has always played so top heavy, right? Because that's where the scoring's always been. Um, I, I think, again, going back to this whole addition by subtraction, the depth that they've added up and down this lineup, I think there is an opportunity this year for this team to, and especially that third line, to do some damage in the offensive zone more than just holding teams there. They're going to hold teams there, and then somebody's going to, you know, drift into a little bit of soft ice and put one in the back of the net. And, um, again, I think it bodes well for the Jets. Like, I think this is a team – it's shaping up to be a team that this is a team that Rick Bonus can work with, right? Like, it, this is more than anything. I think last year, you know, it wasn't really – Rick Bonus came into a pretty crummy situation and tried to make the best of it. I think this year they've shed some of that that weight that they you know that, that they got rid of. We can talk about Blake Wheeler or Dubois, who I think his thoughts a lot of time last year, maybe in the last bit of the season, were elsewhere at that point. I think now we're looking at a team, at least at least on forwards, that 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 have a lot of. I, there's just a lot of depth on this team. I mean, I I, I do I, I do believe Rick when he talks about the depth on this team because I think we, we're, we're seeing it and we're three games into, well, we're about to be three games into the preseason. Um, but, and, and, and we're really, we're still a day away from being a, a week into, uh, you know, to, to training camp. But I think you're starting to see some things uh, about this team that are positives that, that are, that are coming together. And it's going to be, and Rick has said this many times, a team that's harder to play against. Um, I think this team is becoming a team that is legitimately going to be tougher to play against on the ice every night. Yeah, certainly I think it'll be more of a real team too, where I think everyone's uh, yeah. feeling a part yeah. of it. And uh, and I certainly expect a little bit more um, evenly distributed ice time as well between the four lines. Scotty, great stuff. We'll catch you at the rink tonight. Um, appreciate you joining us for a weekly chat here on WSD. Have a good one. Yeah, he was one. My condolences for our fantasy matchup this week, past week. Uh, I didn't expect Keenan Allen to catch 18 balls, so. That, and, and throw a touchdown. <laughs> and throw a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah, he, he did toss a touchdown, so. <laughs> the Pat, the Pat Pack will be, will be back. The Pat Pack be will be back. That was nice. I mean, you might be the one. You may, you know, remember how um, I'm, I'm going now. We'll Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar was the one in 22 and one for the Undertaker at WrestleMania. You might be the one in 13 go. and one for my squad. I still like That's it. Right. Have a good I'm, one, Pop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah. Right on. Uh, good stuff with uh, with Scotty Billick. All right, <clears throat> fired up. We got Feinberg coming up in just a second. Uh, before we do that, a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. Don't forget, folks. Friday night, Bombers Argos. Bit of a buzzkill with Chad Kelly not starting. But the Bombers need this win, and they need a sold-out crowd behind them. Get to the Princess Auto tailgate party nice and early. Opens two hours before the game. $5 beers, $3.50 popping hot dogs. Great entertainment. 
in a great place to get ready to get loud behind the bombers. Of course, Princess Auto's proud sponsors of the Blue and Gold and WST. And the place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, or shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Shout out to the gang at Consolidated Supply, Spicy, Joe, the entire crew doing it all summer long. They still are the good leaders and the folks that you need to talk to first. If you've got irrigation system issues or need to put a new irrigation system in, um, not to mention artificial turf, uh, outdoor, indoor as well. Maybe you want that dream putting green in the backyard. And of course, the exclusive club cart dealer in Manitoba for new and used golf carts. Other great options for your property though as well, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And they also are the leader in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them. Consolidated Supply. Showroom open to the public. 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. Um, we all know Manitoba's number one sports superstore with the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear featuring the Jets, Bombers, Blue Jays, NHL, NFL, and more is Royal Sports. Uh, actually, my pal Greg from Royal was actually at Camden Yards last night seeing the Orioles and uh, going to be taking in a few football games in the midst of a bit of work trip. But hey, if you're getting ready for jet season, pop on down there. Thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise, tons of bomber gear, and many exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. NFL gear is in, all 32 teams represented, and of course... Hockey season is here, and they are the number one hockey superstore. Been doing it for 40 years. Family-owned in Winnipeg. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway, and you can follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. Um, and, hey, it's been a great start to the NFL season for Monday Nighters. couple double headers the last two weeks, which was fun. Been enjoying them at my local Boston Pizza. Best place to get together with the for with friends for the big game is always your local BP. Tonight you'll have a big Blue Jays game, Jets preseason game as well. And one thing you can always count on, win or lose, ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. And hey, if you're staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, WST fan favorite, the one and only Jeff Feinberg joins us now. Feinberg. Um, how, how are you? Great to have you back on the program. I'm always uh, good. I'm always happy to come on and join you. Hey, um, you, uh, first off, you've got this Blue Jays, a beautiful Blue Jays jacket on. I wanted to talk a little football and golf with you, but uh, what, what's the vibe around the, uh, the team right now? It seemed like it's very close. A unique situation with Houston playing Seattle right now. Um, great weekend. Not so good last night. Got Garrett Cole this evening on the, on the mound for the Yankees. Where, uh, Where's the, uh, the 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 pulse right now of the Blue Jays nation in this final homestand of the year? We don't anticipate much, I would say, is what the vibe is on the Blue Jays. And I've got friends that wish they missed the playoffs so it would guarantee people lose their jobs because how far can this team actually go? That being said, we love our squad. Quick series. If they're healthy, if Vlad and Bo can hit behind you, and, you know, together, then anything's possible, and we're still waiting for it. Well, I, I, I'm... You know, as disappointing at times as this season has been, and maybe just because expectations were so high, I actually think that the Blue Jays 
are a team that not many teams want to face, especially if you can get to the point where you've got Gosman starting game one. Um, because, like, yeah, have they hit, like, garbage with runners in scoring position all year long? Yes. Can that change? Absolutely. And did they have the basis of a really solid rotation one to four? Although I will admit, I am getting a little bit of the heebie-jeebies about Romano considering uh, his outings on Saturday and then yesterday. I got a lot of heebie-jeebies. Uh, watching, if you had to guess, the, if my child had to guess the record of the Blue Jays, she would probably guess they lost 120 games. Because I <laughs> act like every night's a misery watching this team, Hustler. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> You're definitely not the only one. Um that being said, I mean that what they haven't clinched. But when you look at what's to come this week and the fact that Seattle is playing Houston and playing Texas, it would almost take losing out to even be possibly missing the playoffs. Are they better off in the third wild card and getting Minnesota by the way if that happens? Probably. That feels like a bit of a desired perfect scenario, but again, I'm okay with anything so long as they can clinch and not have to use Gossman on the last day of the season and preferably clinch before the last weekend so they can totally just get Romano, Hicks, everyone important, all the high leverage guys, all the rest they need going into, like you said, a short series. And it's baseball. They hit with runners in scoring position for two weeks. All of a sudden, they're in the ALCS. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Jeff Feinberg with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, we'll get to Ryder Cup in a minute. Um, a lot of people, Connor, who's working with us, he and a bunch of folks were down in Minnesota on the weekend for an absolutely insane game between the Vikings and Chargers, and I don't know why anyone would have expected any different. Um, <laughs> how, how did you handle that last five minutes in the fourth quarter with the going forward on fourth and one, which I do think was the right call, one of the worst plays they could have possibly chosen to do it. But I mean, you get a half a yard, you win. I believe they've got a 250 pound, six, four, six, five quarterback. If there was ever a time for a sneak, maybe that's it. But uh, listen, you got the win one and two. How are you feeling right now about the chargers considering the star cross start? And Oh, of course a win doesn't come without some misery. Mike Williams out for the year. Out the year, Quentin Johnson, Josh Palmer definitely got to step up. Haas, after the 0-2 start, they got the Raiders. We both hate the Raiders, uh, although you'd probably rather see the Raiders win this game to get rid of us, but a chance to get to 500 and then get a bye week and then just sort of like take a total deep breath and, and reassess. I will say Justin Herbert, nine touchdowns, no interceptions, nearly 1,000 yards passing. He's He's incredible. He, like people, if you just watch the last two minutes of some Charger games, you'd be like, oh, Justin Herbert's horrible. But every game is essentially so close, and he's won a ton of those also. I promise you people. You think the Chargers blow people out? You don't trust them to cover three points versus anybody. So all of our wins have also been Justin Herbert playing hero ball in the last minutes of football games as well. And you are right, Huss. I mean, you watch the Eagles get that yard for free 100 times a game, and the, I don't know, why wouldn't the Chargers or the rest of the league? It's like there's a money tree growing, three yards, and the Eagles are the only one to touch it. It is, uh, I mean, I know there's been talk about, you know, them changing that rule. Well, they didn't. So as long as you can do that, is that not a better option than 
doing a uh, uh, backfield motion and then handing off to Josh Kelly, who had probably about 15 yards in the entire game on multiple chances. Yeah, just just a horrible play call. I agree with your assessment entirely. Like you go for that, but you you can't call like a dust play. Um, and maybe teams shouldn't do what the Eagles do in like the second quarter because maybe you can get your quarterback hurt and you don't want your quarterback taking those shots. But in the most high, high, highest leverage of situations, that's where you'd be like, I know we pay you a fortune, but we got to let six people fall on your back right now. Yeah, that's just, that's just the, the price of doing business to get the win. Something we can definitely both agree on. The Denver Broncos are an absolute disaster. Shout out to Mike McDaniel for putting up the 70. I would have been more than happy if he decided to kick that field goal to make it 73. But man, Sean Payton in an ornery mood right now. I mean, where does this go? Because I thought that there was the potential for this to be a very volatile season, and it couldn't have started off much worse for Denver. Oh, it could not have. It's a total nightmare. It's like a repeat of how bad last year was with Russ. Just now it's Peyton and even the defense that was great last year is sort of come, you know, bursting at the seams. I will tell you this, Huss. I, I, I'm a sick individual. I love the Denver Broncos this week. It's versus Chicago. I mean, yes, Miami, Miami Buffalo is the big screen game. If you're like with multiple TVs and stuff and, and it's the main TV, but I will be like fighting on the hill of no, we need to give Chicago Denver like the premium <laughs> B spot. We, my fascination is off the charts and I've capped the game. It's got nothing to do with what's on the field. It's simply Sean Payton, like angry dad, I feel like might be able to scare the hell out of his players into performing versus the Bears, where Eberflus might actually be horrible. He doesn't have the equity of what Sean Payton has in my head. So I've literally bet that game just based on the fear of God in the Denver Bronco players beating the Chicago Bears. I see you and Vivian in chat. Sean Payton's about to erupt. Yeah, there could be. A Game 5 Rick Bonus level rant coming if they don't get the job done against the Bears. And listen, they couldn't have a better team to be going up against. I mean, it is abjectly hilarious for a team that just lost by 50 to be road favorites uh, the following week. But that's where we're at with Chicago. And yeah, big questions about Eberflus. The bottom line, all you need to know about how bad the Chicago Bears are, Jeff, is that they were so embarrassingly inept on Sunday that they managed to get a game with the biggest superstar in the world being shown on TV every 30 seconds, taken off the national game because they were just that bad. Yeah, it's a scary situation. At least they own Carolina's pick. Um, and if you're going to be bad, be absolutely horrible. And this might be a year to do it. But you're, my, you feel for them the expectations, which you know I thought were insane. It's one of the few things I got right in probably preseason prognosticating. But, yeah, what an ugly scene, a, a horror show. Folks, for more uh, very always entertaining uh, NFL talk with Jeff, make sure to check out the uh, weekly picks with he, Pat Mayo, and Tim Anderson over at the Mayo Media Network. Uh, I know we'll be all over the football this weekend, but it is a very special weekend for guys like us. It's Ryder Cup. Um, you get it once every two years for three days, and it is unlike anything else, uh, well, President's Cup as well, but this team event. 
Let me first off ask you, because I know you've been following this from a betting perspective for well over a year. Um, USA had been a big favorite for a long time. And I just pulled up Kubet right now. USA is now plus 120. Wow. To win. Wow. Europe minus 105 and a tie plus 111. Uh, <clears throat> I, I can't believe how much these odds have switched. Why is Europe all of a sudden a favorite after basically for the last year seeing them as a massive underdog against a USA powerhouse that boat raced them last time out? For context, Hustler, on the Friday of the Open Championship, I bet Europe at plus 200. Okay, I followed that up with a plus 190 a few days later. I went back in a bit later at plus 165. When whistling straights ended, you were expecting the Americans are for sure going to end their drought in Europe. Um, when we did our season preview shows at Christmas, the line was insane. But as the season played out, the line never moved. And I get it, the Ryder Cup's not taking a lot of future action. But the line never moved. And what was happening was Justin Thomas just wasn't being Justin Thomas. A guy like Tony Fina, who we love, didn't do anything and played his way off of the team. A guy like Cam Young, who everyone assumed would ascend, stagnated or or just didn't do enough. And Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, I love Ricky Fowler. They make the team. And those are all lovely players. But on paper, it just didn't feel like it did. And I'm like, the line hasn't adjusted yet it finally adjusted as people bet it victor hovland becomes a force europe has three of the top four players in the world europe historically hustler their best players perform at the Ryder cup in a way like tiger and phil didn't whether it was they didn't care enough or they just never met the moment in those specific situations I still love Europe. I don't know that I'd bet them as a favorite. Can I tell you if I had to bet this thing today and I didn't have my futures and I could go bet the other side, essentially, and get free money? I don't care to do that, though. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I would pick, I would bet like exact scores for 12 to 1, Europe 15 to 13, maybe USA 15 to 13. The only thing that would shock me is a blowout now. Like the level of play will be off the charts. The level of competitive like the competition will be off the charts it's gonna be such a magical time i am so excited we get to know these guys in ways we never get to like emotionally we see these guys miss putts for 80k on a sunday every week they don't flinch us they don't they don't flinch let them play for a partner or their buddy or the or the continent and the country wow yeah, you can certainly see the knees knocking on some of those plays. You know what? While we're at it, golf people, people that are into Ryder Cup, in the chat, let me see you right now. Why not question of the day for not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery? Who you got, USA or Europe? The event gets going on Friday. And as it stands right now, Europe, after being massive underdogs all year long, are the favorites at minus 105. Although, to lift the trophy... Europe minus 105, USA minus 16, because, of course, if the teams do finish tied at 14 all, they retain the trophy as per Ryder Cup rules. Um, for people that haven't been paying attention, you know, we kind of talked about the American picks. Let's talk about the depth on the European team. Um, we're going to see our guy Aberg. I mean, is it true he's never played in a major and he's in the Ryder Cup? Ludwig 
which I heard is Oberg, Ludwig Oberg, has never played in a major hustler. His first event was his first actual event as a pro because he got some amateur starts like Bay Hill um, was the Canadian Open. And I don't know whether I said it to you, but I left that week saying, I think I just had the most expensive walk of my life. And what did I mean by that? I just witnessed this kid in real life. And you know me, hustler. I'm like a dog on a bone. Like once I like you, I can throw a lot of money in your well. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm no sharp. I'm a sophisticated square. I know when I'm making my mistakes, but uh, yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Ludwig Aberg. I saw him hit the ball in real life. I heard the sound he made compared to every other pro that I watched that week. It was different. He is different. Um, and it's scary to think that he's not just never played in a major Huss. I believe he's going to play on Friday morning. I believe there's a chance he's paired with one of the heavyweights on Europe or even like a Hatton or, or a Fleetwood. Like they are going to, to roll him. And I would say my favorite bet that is still available. I don't even want to use the word like lock, free money, all that stuff, but I want, oh, I just said it. So we now it's out of the bag. Ludwig Aberg, top European rookie, plus 165 to me is incredible. Now I have that laddered. I have top overall rookie. I have top uh, wild card. I, I am, I'm all in on Ludwig Aberg for some fun this week. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard. I mean, when the other rookies are Sepp Straka, Hoygaard and, uh, and Bobby Mack. Um, so I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Aberg might be out for four, potentially five matches. Yeah, that's five, uh, possibly. Like, I if mean, he gets again, to a good because, start, he's winning? No, I made those bets, assuming he goes out Friday morning with a higher-end player, and you know how the Ryder Cup works. You win, you look good, you get some chemistry, and there's a chance you get a rollover and rollover again. Um, so maybe that potential exists. That would even blow my mind away, but he's the real deal. And I can't wait to watch him under these pressure situations this week. Hey, hey for folks that, uh, I mean, haven't really been paying too close attention to the practice rounds and everything going on there so far, um, who's been playing with who? What? Uh, anything sort of noteworthy or surprise you that we might take for Friday from the way things that the captains have set up in these practice rounds? Yeah, and uh, it's going to look like egg on my face, Hustler. I'm going to wear it because uh, you, you try to guess at what things are going to happen, but if things don't go your way, your guesses look really stupid. For example, I bet Brooks Kepka to get no points at 40-1. to 1. I bet Brooks Kepka under two and a half points. But I said I have one doomsday scenario that scares me, and if I was the captain of the American team, it's how I would utilize Brooks Kepka, and that's to pair him with Scotty Scheffler. And I'm, I, it seems like they got the message because that could be a real life thing. And I'm not happy about it. It scares me with my Europe bet because I'd argue that's exactly what both of those players need right now is each other and sort of the headspace that both of them bring and skill set that both of them bring. That could be a dragon pairing if it works. Uh, and, and Zach might have unlocked something. I, I wish he hadn't thought of it. <laughs> Um, for the European side, who, I mean, if you had to pick a top point scorer from Europe, I mean, let's look at the big boys. Is it Rory or should we be looking at, I mean, I, John Rahm is an absolute stud and, and loves this sort of thing. And I mean, we all know how great Victor is and what he was able to do down the stretch. 
Um, where are you at with the top European point scorer? If you, if you had to lay a nickel down on one player. So I'll give you one from like both tiers. From like that second tier, I would lean Hatton. I think there's a chance he is straight magic this week, Hustler. I think the golf course and his game and his ability to save par from anywhere can work to perfection. I would, but let's also note, let's just not talk top Europe. Top overall, because only one time since 1999 has an American won the top overall market. Why? Because they're so, the Americans are so much deeper. If an elite player is struggling, they can just bench him. They can just rest him. The Europeans do not have that luxury. They will ride those horses, right? They will ride them into the wall. That being said, the horse that I would back the most is Rory McIlroy. He's, he's going to, his tank will be on zero when this thing is empty and it will either be in glory or in dust, but he doesn't have to do anything to the masters. I mean that like Rory, because he hasn't won majors, Huss has built up the FedEx cup to being important. He tries to sell us on that. We don't buy that, but his but, accountant does, but yes, but, but, <laughs> To, to jump on top of that, it's things like the FedEx, like the Ryder Cup to Rory. Yeah, it's his team. Sergio, Westwood, GMAC, Poulter, they're gone, you know? So it is his team. I believe he will go, I think, five sessions. And that's not to say Rom won't, and it's not to say Victor won't. But And, and there's rumors Rom and Victor could be going together, which would be, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you're asking me about the rumors. There's all kinds of rumors. The, the Europeans, though, historically like to play cat and mouse with us trying to guess their pairings. The Americans, because there's a bit of a buddy system involved, they're far more um, easier to, to peg as to what we might be seeing out of the gate, like Xander and, and Cantley and, and JT and Jordan, et cetera. Hey, speaking of JT, I mean, he was the talk. He stunk this year. Um, he didn't make the final 70, um, but he's on the team certainly because of what he's done in the past and reputation as opposed to his 2023 season. Are you buying or selling JT being a factor, a good factor for Team USA? I'm buying that he absolutely should be on the team. I don't know how he's going to perform. I'll be Honestly, Huss, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan is the weak link in their pairing. Like, Jordan wasn't playing great coming home either. Just had a baby, a, though. Baby swag. Come on. We all uh, know yeah, that that's There's a lot of baby something. swag on Team USA with uh, Brooksy, Brooks as well, just with the newborn. So Ooh. you're not wrong. Uh, okay. This might backfire. I'll tell you right now. I, we don't know the Friday morning matchups. I will bet against JT and Jordan and their perfect record from the President's Cup and JT never losing. I don't care who's on Europe. I am blindly going to step in front of them. I'm riding with you. Thank I'm you. Definitely riding with you yeah. on that. Like I don't care what pairing it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna pick on them. And if I lose money, the response. Here's the thing, Huss. This thing bleeds into football. As long as you do it responsibly, the losses just blur together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, speaking of football, your football picks are done. They're in the books. Uh, do you guys have any uh, special Ryder Cup content coming up this week? Going to be doing any shows? The timing's a little weird with it being in Europe, so it's not like uh, our normal times. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? Do we even know what times these things are starting? Yes, so we do, although you can help adjust my time to your time locally. Uh, 
here Eastern, I believe that the first, like it's about 2 a.m., like 1.45, 2 a.m. Okay, is when so it'll the morning be 1 a.m. here, one, one hour earlier. Are going to go off, and then I believe around 5, 6 a.m. will be the afternoon matches. Yeah. yeah, tough to do a live show like in the middle of the two when it's 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Yeah, um, listen, and I don't, I mean, it's possible maybe at the end of Saturday, but it's also Saturday afternoon. Pat and I have two kids. I'm going to abandon my family for singles and football on Sunday. Like, I, I'm not... I don't know about content wise. We did a show with Cam Stewart earlier in the week. So if people want that, you know, that's always got hijinks and hopefully <laughs> some actionable information there, Huss. And Sunday singles, I have seen it starting around 5 30 a.m., 6 a.m. I only can assume NBC knows they got to get off the air by one. I mean, they can't control it and they don't have football games until the nighter, but they know like regular American sports fan. They're going to watch. They're going to watch to see it close. They're going to, is America winning? But the second the football starts, <laughs> it's just, it's over, right? Oh, buddy, this was great. Lots of love for you, as always, in the chat. Uh, folks, get on over at Mayo Media Network. Give them a, fo- a follow at gfeinberg 17 if you haven't already. Uh, good luck to your Blue Jays the rest of this uh, way. Maybe we can talk some playoff baseball next week. That would be great. I'd love a uh, European Sunday singles into NFL football. Be proactive, average dads. Like, you don't have the morning to take care of the kids. Because that's my job on a Sunday, Huss. I do morning shifts, and then I abandon. But now I need I need, a, I need, to, be a, I need to abandon the whole day. You need so a day. So it pay it forward. You need some de- uh, uh, deposits into the emotional bank account before a large <laughs> withdrawal comes on yeah, exactly. Sunday. <laughs> take it easy, dude. Thanks for everything. All the best, boys. <laughs> oh, Feinberg's the best. Always love having him on the program. And as I mentioned, yeah, give him a uh, give him a follow at G Feinberg seventeen if you haven't already. Great golf stuff. Whenever we're talking golf, we do it for our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. What a great season we've had at Breezy, and there's still some great fall golf to be played over these next few days. Uh, I just saw them uh, redoing the tee box on the sixteenth hole. God, the course is going to be great coming up next year after the new greens were open earlier this year. If you're interested in getting on the waiting list for next year or making Breezy Bend your long-term golfing home for you and your family, talk to Corey Johnson, the GM of the year, our great friend. Uh, give him a buzz at the clubhouse, or you can find out more online and inquire at breezybend.ca. And, uh, hey, we got a game tonight. And as I told you on yesterday's show, folks, um, our favorite beer, Little Brown Jug, now available at Canada Life Center. Craft Beer Corner in the Upper Bowl is in Section 310 at the corner bar just down from the one outside of our bar, kind of outside the WST section for 316 and the additional seats in 317 right now. Um, And if you're up, if you're in the lower bowl tonight, uh, north end area, like where the old Moxie's was. You'll see them there as well as in the south end. Um, and great news, both 1919 and generic available right now. And if you're a season ticket holder or a package holder, you can also use your discount card on the local beers as well. So lots of good news if you enjoy great beer and hockey and are going to Winnipeg Jet Games this season. Of course, check out Little Brown Jug down at William Avenue as well and online at littlebrownjug.ca if you'd like to order for local delivery. 
And while we're talking about that game tonight, folks, uh, shout out to T. Kona Pauly's coming out with us for the WST gang. There is still a few tickets left if you want to join the crew for our four-game package with the Winnipeg Jets this year. There's a link in the description of the YouTube video. If you're listening to us, go to winnipegsportstalk.com if you're listening on the podcast, and there's a link right there. Four awesome games starting off early in October. L.A. Kings, Pierre-Luc Dubois' return. Thursday, November 30th, McDavid and the Oilers. Saturday, January 27th, the Leafs. And then Thursday, uh, April 4th against the Calgary Flames that we're seeing tonight. <clears throat> Package is 375 bucks. We, I think, are sold out fully in Section 316 now, but we got a couple rows across the aisle in 317. We're going to have a little early access and a get-together in the bar outside the section before the games, do a little raffle. You will get a free beer, drink, soda, or pop with every ticket, like one each game. That'll be done through the Jets app. Um, and again, we've had amazing turnout and response. So if you're thinking about, you know, I'd love to be a Jets package holder. I can't do a quarter season or a half season. Think about the WST pack. Click on that link and get yours today and join us on October 17th as we welcome PLD back to Winnipeg. Uh, all right, Remo. We do have to get to the uh, cool bet lines. I, you know, I was talking quite a bit about the Ryder Cup there. <clears throat> We're going to be making Ryder Cup picks tomorrow on the lock shop. Um, but if you go right now to CoolBet, uh, you've got winners. You've got day one, day two, day three, groups, props, head-to-head, player points. I mean, there is so much to get into. And one of my favorite favorite events to bet on every year, <clears throat> definitely the Ryder Cup. So that is all up there. Tonight, we've got a, a huge game for the Blue Jays. Unfortunately, Garrett Cole's on the mound for the New York Yankees. But the Jays are still a minus-118 favorite. Cole and the Yankees plus-104 underdogs. And we did put together uh, we did put together a little parlay for the game tonight. Uh, and we didn't want to bet against the Blue Jays, but we also didn't want to bet on them to win just because they're going up against Cole. Now, Cole was dazzling last week against the Jays. Two hits in eight innings, ten strike, nine or ten strikeouts. So this is what we're, we're betting. And this, this could still be a Jays win. Seven or more strikeouts from Garrett Cole. The Yankees to score first in the game. And Bo Bichette, two-plus total bases. So uh, we need Bo to get a double or a couple singles. Seven strikeouts for the Garrett Cole and the Yankees. That one's at 835. So a uh, bit of a longer shot for our pick today, but it uh, should be fun. And, of course, that's the, the big one tonight. That gets going just after 6 p.m. as the Jays look to lock down that wild card spot. If you noticed last night, Seattle beat Houston. You get a little bit more into it. It kind of seems like Seattle and Houston are the teams battling for it right now. Jays still do have a little bit of work left to do. And as Feinberg mentioned, absolutely crucial. They get it done and allow Kevin Gosman to not pitch in that final game. As far as the CFL game goes, every single time I turn to the CFL section at Cool Bet, the bomber Argo line's getting bigger. It was five and a half yesterday. It was seven when we did the lock shop. It's seven and a half right now. And again, such a buzzkill that we won't see the best of the Argos going up against the Bombers. That being said, Bombers need to win this game. 
Maybe we'll thank them later and hopefully see the Argos in the game that really matters. And that, of course, is the Grey Cup. So Bombers, seven and a half point favorites right now against the 12 and one Argos. BC, a massive nine point favorite against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Montreal, two point road favorites in Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks. And the Calgary Stampeders taking on uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Tie Cats, two point home favorites. And the one other number that I'll get to, and we will pick this on the lock shop tomorrow, Packers-Lions, Thursday night football, tomorrow night from Lambeau. Detroit laying one and a half as a one and a half point road favorite against Jordan Love at the Packers, both teams two and one on the season. If you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST. For a 100% bonus, up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And be sure to join Dustin Nielsen and myself weekdays at noon before Winnipeg Sports Talk as we uh, chop it up in the lock shop. Um, Remo, what do you think about the Jays uh, tonight uh, against Garrett Cole? Pretty tough to back them against uh, the guy that has basically been, been the Yankees pitching staff this year. Yeah, I like to do, but we're not going to bet on them to win, but we can't bet on them to lose. So you just go yeah. with uh, some props. I, I like that's going to be tough. You look at the wild card. You know, Seattle did win yesterday. The Blue Jays one and a half up on Houston. Seattle half back of Houston. Uh, here's the wild card standings right here. So uh, I'm not sure. It's hard to be too confident, but the Jays certainly in a nice spot here. Uh, a couple games up on Seattle as we head into the final. Well, it's Wednesday, but final uh, stretch of games here. S- season ends on Sunday. Um, where? How much? Uh, how much is Texas up on Houston? Two games. Okay, so if they were to win both, a two and a half game. Okay, so Texas is looking pretty good. Yeah, they're the they're looking good division winner and then um but regardless of what happens in the al it looks like the minnesota twins are going to be the third division winner which would play the third wild card team which might be a little advantageous i was saying oh texas has just got it but i mean when the way texas handled the blue jays two weeks ago at home in that miserable yeah. four game sweep for toronto crazy I don't think you want anything to do with texas so uh we'll see what happens whether it's minnesota or in all likelihood, the Tampa Bay Rays. And of course, the Jays finish up against Tampa this week. Um, hey, listen, uh, before we go, um, I, I couldn't help but laugh quite hard, Reem, at your uh, your anniversary reminder to everybody today online. Oh, yeah. I've been waiting to tweet this one out. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been th- ever since the preseason started, I've been thinking about this line. It was September 27, 2015, uh, where head coach Paul Maurice said the famous line, it was honor, an honor to be in the building with them tonight. And if you remember, it was a preseason game, Jets in Minnesota. And the Jets, you know, they sent a pretty inexperienced roster, and Minnesota ran up the score. It's 8-1. to Um, And, you know, they got a power play at the end of the game, and Minnesota still, Mikey O, still throwing out their top guys. And they asked Paul Maurice about it after the game. And thankfully, I was able to unearth this clip, Hustler, because this is an all-time one. 
Uh, we talk about moments in Jets history. I think this is at least post-game coach Grams is going to be up there with pushback for me. Although, I mean, it's preseason, but... Uh, let's, play this... let's take a trip down memory lane eight eight years ago. Eight, I had to do math there. Eight, year, eight years ago. Here it is. Well, you never get an option in this league, so you uh, get into those games, and um, you know they're going to keep putting out good players. Like when they got an eight-one lead, they got a power play. The best is coming out in an exhibition game. So your your initial comment, I take that you you have some frustration with your opponents no, and how no, they conducted No, no, no. I thought I thought it's just an honor to be in the same building with them tonight. <laughs> awesome vintage maurice and shout out tim campbell there yeah. uh, asking the Man. question tim campbell the tsn uh 1290 mike is in there oh i think that's probably brian i'm guessing but um i mean that's a crazy first of all that was a while ago now but that quote every time we see these lopsided like 10 nothing for vancouver over, or calgary over vancouver I think, well, it's, it's an honor uh, for them to be in the building something. <laughs> I think about that every time. Just an honor to be in the building with them tonight. How would Maurice have handled, what if Maurice was Vancouver's coach and they got run over 10 nothing mm -hmm. by Calgary, like uh, happened to uh, the Canucks on the weekend? Yeah, well, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if they were putting on power play one. Like, I know, um, <laughs> you know, the, I know, uh, like, Denver was complaining about the Dolphins scoring 70 on them, but... You know, the Dolphins took out their starters, like, in the third quarter. So, like, you only, you know, these guys are still trying to certain play. At certain point, you got to make a tackle. At some point, you got to come out and play, too. So, I didn't watch that game that game closely. But, yeah, putting out your power play one, like, when it's 8-1 in a preseason, like, I don't know if you really uh, need to do that. But it did give us that amazing quote that I've been saying to myself literally every day, every preseason game, when you look at these rosters, you look at the Jets, Line. I'm not exactly the most veteran, but Calgary's. I'm like, who are some of these guys? They do have Uyghur and uh, and Zadarov. Actually, it has Calgary. We had, did have some big Calgary news during that uh, during that conversation with Feinberg. You know, they've had a lot of questions too, along with the Jets, about some of their UFAs. What are they going to do? And here it is: Frank Cervelli tweeting out, "Sounds like Flames are closing in on a two-year contract extension with Michael Backlund." in the 4.5 million neighborhood. Details mm. being finalized now. With that, lots of rumblings. Mm. Backlund will also be the next captain in Calgary. And a lot of changes with Calgary has with uh, Daryl Sutter being fired. They brought in Huberto and Kadri last year after having such a great season two years ago, and it was major disappointment. So we'll see uh, how they look next year. But we won't be seeing the real Calgary Flames tonight. Yeah. We'll be seeing, it will be an honor for them to be uh, in Winnipeg. On the ice with the Jets. Yeah, it'll be an um, honor. Yeah, Manchiapani, um, the most uh, recognizable forward. Connor Zeri's going to get a chance to get in there. They got Ruzicka. Um, I was like, who lines. are these guys? Not Us. sure. Um, but yeah, the Zadarov Uyghur, um, uh, Jordan Osterley is going to be there. And that's basically it. And uh, ooh, Oscar Donsk, the backup tonight. Maybe mm -hmm. he will get in there. For people wondering if Connor Hellebuck's going to play the entire game, that's up to Connor Hellebuck. Bone said he's going to start. He'll go as long as he wants. If he does want to come out and not play the whole game, they'll give Oscari uh, Salmon in some time. Uh, but Helly will call the shots with uh, his playing time tonight. 
Um, so we'll see it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Jets and Flames coming up at 7 p.m. tonight. The second of three home preseason games for the Jets. Next one, not until next week. Um, so your last chance to see them and probably last chance to see uh, a number of players in this lineup tonight that might not be still on the roster or in the lineup when the team takes the ice for the final home preseason game against Ottawa next yeah, week. Yeah, that's a good point. I, was, I guess we'll have to see some cuts. We saw like a couple yesterday, nothing surprising. You know, here's the Jets lines, Domestikov, Perfetti, Nino. I follow Lowry Appleton, Harkins, Gupari, Ford, VL, Toninato, Malat, Dylan Hainala, Chisholm, Bauer, although we're not sure about these pairs now. Stanley, uh, Nazev, that's how they practiced, Hellbuck. Salmon, and so, yeah, maybe we will have some news about cuts. Uh, hopefully, they release at like twelve thirty, not at three thirty. Okay, before we go, uh, we have some entertainment news. Yeah, like well, I, I got in touch on this yesterday, yeah. but Carrie Underwood is part of the Grey Cup Festival performer. We don't know who the halftime show is. It's a pretty ha- raising the bar pretty high, and I had seen a few rumors of people that were quite excited about this, but. I guess we'll find out. But, Remo, I'm just looking in the notes. Is this new? Bruce mm. Springsteen? Yeah, this was. Um, this came out this morning. Bruce Springsteen, he had an illness, and he had to cancel some dates you know, this month in September, and the hope was he would be fine to, um, you know, to do the show here in Winnipeg in November. But it came out this morning at 11.09. Uh, here he is tweeting out a nice graphic that... Uh, Bruce Springsteen has continued to recover steadily from peptic ulcer disease over the last few weeks and will continue treatment through the rest of the year on doctor's advice. With this in mind and out of abundance of caution, the remaining 2023 tour dates for Springsteen and the E Street Band will be postponed until 2024. Uh, Rescheduled dates for the 2023 shows and the ones postponed earlier this month announced next week, all taking place at the originally scheduled venues. And if you can get a refund, if you can't attend the new date and the tickets are are still valid, Bruce says, thanks to all my friends and fans for your good wishes, encouragement and support. I'm on the mend and can't wait to see you all next year. Uh, So disappointing, but uh, rescheduled has and not canceled. Well, that might be an out for, I know a few people that were kind of regretting buying like some of the most expensive tickets for a concert I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like get in was like 400 bucks and like concert Ooh. concert Ooh. prices have like rocketed. So uh, I mean, people waited a long time for him to come here and there's a lot of excitement. Um, That's Taylor Swift money. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, that was uh, disappointing to see, but you wishing Bruce all the best and, I know I get sad about this. Like all, you know, your favorite artists from seventies and eighties, you know, you may not, there's only have so many chances to see them again. Uh, so he's coming here. Not we waited so long, not, not coming anymore. Oh, I bet I, I went or, to sorry, uh, coming, postpone, postpone. I went to, um, I went to see the boss at the XL energy center. I went to a Vikings game that morning. And then my brother and Gary Wallace drove in grabbed me after the after the Vikes game, went to the concert, and then came back after the show. Um, and it was, I, I, I'll say this, I mean, I've always been a, a fan of Bruce. I mean, I had an album or two when I was younger. But holy smokes, what a performer. Now, I mean, at his age with what he's been dealing with, I'm not sure whether he's still able to put on the same sort of show that he did before. Yeah. But, yeah. I, re- but I remember leaving it and going, 
you know how there's people that it's like half the sports writers it seems are like boss fanatics yeah like they are to the boss what the swifties are to taylor swift i got it i i totally got it after i went and saw that show of bruce springsteen and i did say if there was another opportunity to get in and see him again i would definitely be taking it up on that so hopefully springsteen fans do get a chance in the new year to see the boss coming for what in all likelihood will be his last time through Winnipeg. Yeah, 74 years old. Uh Huss, so that's uh that was an unfortunate one. Here are a couple other things. Yeah, Carrie Underwood about that. So they announced Carrie Underwood Huss as the like Grey Cup Festival show. That's like a Friday yep. concert, but they don't have a halftime show. Like who's the halftime gonna be? Like how do you Carrie, that's yet. a big get that's big for the CFL to have Carrie Underwood there, and I'm a fan. She does some good uh, rock uh, covers and has actually been opening for Guns N' Roses this summer. But, like, who are they going to get now? How do you Ooh, how do you what? top that? What did you just say? Carrie Underwood. Open, and her and Axl Rose do, like, Welcome to the Jungle together. That's right. <laughs> what? Yeah, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. Man, she's a rock star, Carrie Underwood. Does the Sunday night. You think she would do the Sunday night football theme song at uh, the Grey Cup Festival? Waiting all night, waiting all season for Sunday night. Yeah, would she change the words to make it Grey Cup <laughs> CFL theme? I would, I would want that. Um, wow, that would be great. Hey, a uh, shout out to everybody in chat. Oh, I do see some requests. Nicole J, is it time for Swift Talk? Waiters, Winnipeg Swifty Talk, let's go. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, you know, since you asked for it, I'm trying not to be over the top about it, but. I did get up early today and listen to the New Heights podcast because I, like many people, was quite interested as to what the Kelsey brothers were going to have up. And they did talk football for the first bit. The fun- the funniest part of the entire thing was Travis goes, um, or it was Jason that goes, well, look, listen, we have to get to it. Let's talk about the game that broke the entire internet and made the entire world stand still. The Eagles win over the Bucks on Monday night. <laughs> and then they joked about that a little bit. Um, but I'll tell you what, I thought uh, I thought Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, handled himself very well. You can tell he's quite smitten. He's quite excited. He said he had an unbelievable weekend. And um, But, you know, knowing the profile of Taylor Swift, um, he's, you know, not really going to be speaking on things going forward. Oh, oh you have a clip? Yeah, you want to hear? This really is a sorry good. Sorry, had a clip. See, I didn't know we clip. were prepared. Prepared for WST. Well, me, me and you are like texting talk. each other all the time now about <laughs> Taylor. Listen, and I've like, been sucked in. I've been sucked well, in. I basically now it's it was a combination. We it's like you know when you know two people marry get married that already have kids. Yeah. So now it's happened, and the Chiefs' kingdom's into it. The Swifties are into it. They're buying Kelsey jerseys. I'm finding out Taylor Swift's. Uh, catalog and how and why she became this uh, worldly superstar. So it's all coming together. We're just meeting the stepbrothers and stepsisters. It is amazing to see how, you know, interest in the Chiefs and the NFL skyrocketed, like merchandise, ticket sales going way up. And even Taylor Swift, like searches for Taylor Swift as well gone up. But here's the Kelsey brothers uh, talking about, well, what everyone's talking about. So here it is from their podcast. We got to talk about it. Yeah, my personal life, that's not so personal. Yeah, well. <laughs> I did this to myself, Jason. I know this. Well, Trav, um, 
How's it feel that uh, Taylor Swift has finally put you on the map? <laughs> I just thought it was awesome how everybody in the suite had nothing but great things to say about her. You know, the friends and family. She looked amazing. Everybody was talking about her in great light. And on top of that, the day went perfect for Chiefs fans, of course. We script it all, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> to see the slow motion chest bumps, to see the right. high fives with mom, to see how, you know, Chiefs Kingdom was all excited that she was there, that's was absolutely hysterical. It was definitely a game I'll remember. That's for damn sure. And then we just slid off in the getaway car at the end. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Everyone, literally everyone, even Bill Belichick. He hasn't Dude, talked much about me about outside that? of, you know, game weeks that we've played, but he made sure to remind me that that's the best catch I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Dude, that was a great line by Bill. Hilarious. And then you got Coach Reed telling everybody he's Cupid. He's been manifesting this the whole time. He's the one that set us up. Is there any truth to this? Ah, I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. I know that he had met the Swift family before, so I don't know. He could have been uh, in the background the whole time. Dude, Coach Reed playing matchmaker? Who knew Cupid was so big? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Taylor for coming through and seeing me rock the stage. Okay, uh, yeah, New Heights. I'm a new subscriber. I, I'd actually checked it out, and I mean, these guys, well, this is taking it to, this is putting gas on a, on a fire, but Remo... Um, for WST, like business talk podcasts, uh, one of the number one podcasts, period. And they are apparently getting four times, and this was already the case before all this Taylor Swift stuff happened, four times the going rate from advertisers um, on a CPM basis um, because of how much demand there is to get in with the Kelsey brothers. And, of course, all this really got really going last year when they went head-to-head in the Super Bowl. But uh, Travis is very well done. And, and the way to really know about this, Reem, is to do what I've been doing, a lot of homework on the other side, getting into these Taylor Swift streets of the internet. And I it, will tell you that the majority of the Swifties, if they weren't in right off the bat, have been completely charmed by Travis. And uh, listen, the kingdom... The kingdom grew big time this weekend. Uh, and don't think that those Chiefs 87 jerseys are going down in the rankings anytime soon. Shot up way up uh, the charts. And yeah, I think they're, you know, he's not going to talk much about, you know, openly, but I understand the situation at their end and all the scrutiny. And it was that little nugget there on the podcast. So this is, I don't know, we're all, I'm trying to think of like if there could be like a hockey. Relation like relationship that had like we just talked about Carrie Underwood who's married to Mike Mike Fisher but this is like on another level of uh, of okay. relationships here and here here's here's an extra why not question of the day and I think this will probably be met with a lot of no's but I'm I, and I I was making this point to friends in the last few weeks before all this stuff happened but as I became more aware of the scope of Taylor Swift's superstardom and this tour that she's doing right now, and the demand for everything her, and then you look at how many Grammys she's won, and, you know, how prolific she's been. Like, is Taylor Swift, at this point, the biggest entertainer ever? Oh, ever. Ever. Mm. Like, like with everything, you know, things always just get topped. And I mean, like, I don't even know. We were having this conversation about things like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, you know, it like at a time where things were way different. And 
concerts were more done to promote album sales as opposed to now not as many people buy music and the concerts are actually how artists make the majority of their money but there's never been a tour like this era's tour um and we saw i mean the freaking prime minister is complaining on twitter that there's no date in canada like you almost owe it to the people of your country like I, I, I'm not sure who is the biggest star of all time, but I'm telling you right now, she has taken a run at it, and that has nothing to do with uh, Travis Kelsey in the Chiefs' kingdom. Yeah, well, the NFL, massive. Her, you know, very popular as well. And uh, come, the worlds are, are definitely colliding here, and it's kind of fascinating well, to watch. Mary Jane. Mary Jane in chat says, no, the K-pop group is the it group. And, like... Those guys had, and I can't remember what they were called. BTS? A BTS, exactly. Yeah. Yes, thank you for that. Um, because they did have their own McNugget sauce. And, I mean, they got, they had some big-time promos. But this is the thing. Like, Taylor Swift is not just, like, she's been doing this for 13 or 15 years. Like, it's just been getting up to this point. So, I don't know. But Kelsey might have bagged the biggest superstar of all time. I'm telling you right now. And I don't think it's going down either way. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Mahoney. What's he saying? Oh, yeah, I saw that. I'll read it. I don't know if I can read that for the podcast listeners. He says, Prime Minister complained no Swift concerts in Canada and his wife left. Coincidence. Thanks, Probably Rob. a coincidence. Here, before we go, one other thing. We didn't talk about this at all. Uh, oh, wait yes. a sec. Jeff Bowes, great comment. Taylor Swift helped avoid a USA recession. Two to three billion dollars is the economic impact of her yeah. tour. Great I mean, point, they, Jeff. They say every date is like its own Super Bowl of impact. So, uh, I mean, this yeah. tour, yeah, it's big, biggest. BTS is huge. And BTS did have crossover. I mean, they were selling like some big, you yeah. know, big events here. But not like five days in a row at MetLife Stadium. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure that Taylor Swift could plant down in any city pretty much in the world and put tickets on sale and would sell it like that and would be absolutely insane. So we'll continue to do homework and determine whether she's the biggest star of all time. However, I do know one thing. She has zero Super Bowl rings and Travis Kelsey has two. So who's better? Yeah. Who Ranch Doozer adds us. Swift is saving movie U.S. movie theaters with her concert yes, yes. movie too which is another thing anyway well, back to sports to to wrap we never did our jersey review of the heritage jerseys they announced these yesterday uh oilers flames heritage classic um the oilers going with these orange and blue jerseys modeled after the edmonton mercury's team from the 1952 olympics calgary's jerseys inspired by the calgary stampeders hockey team of the 50s and 60s oilers Get the honor of the uh, brown gloves, brown pants. I actually like I like the Flames jerseys, no problems. The Oilers jerseys, two issues for me. I don't like the number, front number, and the oil drop there. And the C, I don't, I don't know why you couldn't just put it lower below that stripe. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Um, other than I, I that, like I like the mean, number. I, I like the number. I was about to say... I'm going to give the Oilers the nod because it does seem kind of unique. And mm. I don't know. It's kind of cool. If you had the oil drop, it's going to be blank. Why not put the little 97 in there? Calgary's is pretty plain. 
You know what the logo yeah. reminds me of? The new NFL coaches hats, which we're always trying to squint every time we see one of the coaches on the sidelines to see exactly what's on them. Because I don't think that I was asking Greg at Royal if those are out. And it was the first time that they had seen them uh, when they started out. But it's just sort of like it looks like a more like a little hipster hat, like, you know, just a circular logo. The, Cal- um, the Calgary a little logo boring. is like you type in uh, like an AI generator, make this logo like vintage. And you, <laughs> it's like a circle. Yeah. With the thing in front and the text, like pretty standard. But I think that's what you look at what they're, you know, they're inspired by you know, 50s jerseys, and that's kind of what it was. They changed the striping pattern. I think they're fine, and um, I don't think theirs are, like, so amazing, but, you know, the Oilers one, I'm not as as crazy, but you look at what it was modeled after, and I think they did a good, you know, based, if that's the assignment, model it after it's Edmonton. It's the Heritage R- Classic. Rickers, I mean, yeah. it's the Heritage Classic. They're trying to get a neat throwback look. Uh, I, As I said, I love the number in there. I think if you didn't have that, it would be a little bit boring. And listen, it's different than what they have right now. Um, So, uh, listen, I bet when I'm in there in a couple weeks, I'll probably see a bunch of these rolling around, especially 97s and 29s of uh, Connor McDavid and uh, and Leon Dreisettle. But you got to your point. Why the hell the C is where it is, I have no idea. But maybe that's the way they used to wear it back in the day. Yeah, that was my only only thing about that one. And I was, like, coming in, like, what are the Oilers going to do? They already used, like, their 80s uniforms. Like, thankfully, they didn't use those, you know, bright orange pylon color uniforms that they had a couple years ago that they thankfully scrapped. Garbage, or, garbage. Or the, what were those blue jerseys that they had a, that were terrible, too? So Oh, those were the uh, the Spawn jerseys. The no, I like, the, I, I, I like the Spawn jerseys. Uh, here, let me pull it up. They wore them in the playoffs. They they were like one sec. This is my favorite website, Hus. NHL uniforms. Aesthetics. That one's good too. But this is NHLuniforms.com, where I'll just show you basically any jersey you've ever. Uh oh, this one, Hus. This one. How do I pull it up here? This blue one with the orange oh, logo. Oh, God. The super dark navy orange one. Yeah, this Again, one sucked. Terrible. Sucked. Terrible. They figured it out. They were wearing those ones and those orange abominations. Yeah. Um, now they're back to like that one above, which is, you know, kind of based on, you know, the 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 glory days, if you will, of the Oilers. Makes a lot of sense. But uh like, I, I yeah, I didn't mind the I didn't mind the one that uh that they just threw out uh, right now. Holy jeez, it's 327. We got to get out because uh, there's a game tonight. People are going to want to listen to the podcast before we uh, before yes. we go out. Love to see it. 9.93. The countdown continues. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and subscribe if you haven't already. Although I'm sure most of you with us on YouTube right now probably already have. Hit that thumbs up when, uh, on your way out, folks, if you don't mind. Let's get that up to 200. And uh, enjoy the game tonight. And big Blue Jays tilt as well. We will be back tomorrow. Murat Atesh is going to jump on. Really looking forward to having Murat on Thursday to get um, his thoughts on what we've seen so far in the preseason and certainly the battles we talked about tonight. If you see us at the game, definitely say hi. And if not, we'll see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Have a good one, everyone. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.
Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.